werewolf. Werewolf. Well, Brent, I was curious. Uh, we're going to get into some werewolf talk today, but I was curious. Mm-hmm. If you were to trans... Uh, trans tra- tra- are you trans? No. Not not currently. <laughs> You're not, but I'm open for later in life, yeah. <laughs> if you were to transform into a supernatural creature, sort of the ones we've been talking about lately, mm-hmm. if you had three options that I'm going to give you, a werewolf, okay. a vampire... Mm-hmm. And uh, for lack of a better, it's always just Frankenstein was my, it's not like a, a generic werewolf vampire thing, but the Frankenstein mm-hmm. monster, yeah. which would you choose? Which which of those do you think is the best life, I guess? Well, so the, I guess we would have to play by the rules of those creatures as well, right? So like if I were a werewolf, it would be, uh, the transformation would be under the light of a full moon, mm-hmm. unless somebody invented a, a drug to inject in your body to where you can do it at any that point. That's crazy. Is that correct? <laughs> but, like, generally speaking, like, if I were, if I uh, transformed into a Dracula, um, yeah. there's no no more sunlight. It's not mm-hmm. like I'm a, a blade-type daywalker. Yeah. Is that, okay. No, yeah, you're definitely a full-on vampire cake on the okay. sun, yeah. So Typical rules, we'll say, for all of these. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Yeah. Well... I guess, you know, honestly, I out of those three options, I would have to go with a, uh, a werewolf because oh, yeah. at least I would get to be like a normal person most of the time outside of a, uh, uh, a lunar event, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and at that point, like, it, it seems like in most werewolf movies, whenever the person transforms at, you know, that night and then the next morning, they wake up, sure, they're fully naked, but it seems like they're, <laughs> at least they got a little bit of rest, you know? Oh, yeah, um, I, don't, okay. I don't always sleep very well. Like I woke up just wide awake at 3 a.m. last night, oh, so wow. I started doing some laundry. Um, <laughs> you used your time wisely. I like that. You know, it's like yeah. shit's got to get done at one point, <laughs> yeah. right? So uh, it's a little investment for future Brent is oh, how man. I see it. But uh, yeah, so I'd, I'd go with uh, Werewolf. What about you? Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I've always been... Uh, Kind of attracted to the well, to the. I've always been a werewolf, and uh, I'm finally letting it out. Um, I'm very glad you said you would do it because I've actually uh, already bit you uh, a while ago, and it should take effect any time now. Is that so, why you jumped down on my inner thigh? Yes. The last time you were here, a few months ago. Okay. Have I ever talked about the movie First First Bitten? I think it's what it's called. On uh, here before, it's a vampire movie with Jim Carrey in it. Oh. You ever heard um, this before? I, I feel like that would have. Ring a bell. Uh, if you did mention it, it might have been briefly, but well, no, yeah. We'll see if this rings a bell, because uh, we'll get back into the other talk in a second, but uh, it's funny you say that about a werewolf bite, because this movie, uh, Once Bitten, that has an 18% Rotten Tomatoes, um, starring a very young Jim Carrey. I think this is one of his very first movies. It was in 1985, and I used to watch oh. this as a kid, but it's about a, uh, <laughs> it's about a, uh, a female vampire um, played by Lauren Hutton. Um, she's kind of like an attractive cougar, basically. Who um, and she has like an a, animal. Uh, she plays a, a jungle a, cat. A cougar vampire. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Apex predator. Aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, she has a. Uh, if I remember correctly, she has a uh, like. I think it's like a human companion that helps her out because she's a vampire and stuff. Helps her during the day, and, and I'm pretty sure he is gay in the in the movie as well. It's like all very 80s, very flamboyant. Um, 
looked looked down upon maybe if it was made today, but uh, it's a very interesting movie. Jim Carrey, though, is a high school student whom she seduces, and the way that uh, this movie does Vampire Bites is on the inner thigh. So it's okay. all extremely sexual. It's all like the uh, bringing up the vampire vibes of like uh, seducing, you know, like uh, seduction and, and uh, all the different stuff the vampires do. But uh, yeah, everything is uh, inner thigh and it's teenager movie. So it's, it's problematic um, yeah. that this woman does this to him. But uh, I've always loved that idea. I think the idea is that there's like a, a there's like a femoral um, vein or something like that artery mm-hmm. that's artery, like, yeah. like really big, right, in your leg. So that's the idea. It's like, oh, a vampire would go I mean, for it's, that. It's but, average size. I mean, that's yeah. nothing to be ashamed about. It's average size <laughs> artery. It's fine. <laughs> Maybe a little under, but like it it knows its way around it. You know? Yeah, it, de- so. it depends on where you start measuring. <laughs> yeah, but you know. <laughs> Like, so, like, a, a large percentage of the planet will never know, you know? There's, like, 7 billion people on the planet, like, yeah. so if you lie a little bit, like, okay. whatever, like, my wife knows, you know now. Yeah, of course. You know, you know. If you shave, it looks bigger, I hear it. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it depends where you start measuring. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, anyway, uh, back to, to our normal discussion. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always, I don't know, I've gone back and forth. I've loved vampire movies and World War movies and stuff. Frankenstein's never been that big for me. I just threw it in there because we've been talking about it recently with the mm-hmm. Junji Ito books, uh, mm-hmm. or book. But, um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think Werewolf is pretty cool. I, when I thought back on it after watching these movies, I was like, this, this lifestyle seems a little more um, doable, mm-hmm. I think, overall. And um, you, uh, apparently, I, I, as far as I can tell from this, you get to fuck wolves. Um, <laughs> I mean, you get to take a visit to Pound Town, you know, one way or the other, it seems like, you know, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to get, get bestial. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that's a plus for me. I'm just saying that like, I mean, I've never had the opportunity. If I was a wolf, technically it's not weird, I guess. Oh, I thought you meant like other werewolves. I oh, like fucking ever. Well, there's, I was mentioning that there's a scene in, in American World in London where he wakes up in the zoo Mm-hmm. Next to some wolves, and immediately I was like, "Oh, oh okay, fuck those wolves." Real? Okay, that did not even cross my mind. <laughs> and Amanda was like, "No, I think he just like was like hanging out with them." And I was like, "I don't mm-hmm. know." He ripped open that cage to get with those wolves. Yeah, I think he fucked him. And then in Paris, Tom Everett Scott wakes up naked in the morning next to a dog who is literally flattened out. And I'm like, he fucked that dog. <laughs> it's a it's a through line through both movies. Yeah, yeah. That's my interpretation, um, at least. So, on the the uh, like horror creatures, um, mm-hmm. like if I given my druthers, uh, if I could pick one mm. to be, you know, outside of those three, sure, I would have. I, I for whatever reason, I leaned toward the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, like I, yeah, I, yeah. I searched it recently to see if it was streaming anywhere because I do want to watch it, kind of like I watched uh, Nosferatu last yeah. year, the, right the OG vampire flick, and. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's something about the, the the creature from the Black Lagoon, like, that uh, I've got a little, like, Funko Pop of him um, that I was given a while back, and, like, the detailing on it's really cool, but, like, the um, the idea that you could, like, be in a body of water and just be, like, comfortable there, it's just like, I want that, finally. <laughs> like, you know, like, it, oh, it's murky water. Yeah, it's murky because of me. I've been out there shitting and pissing. <laughs> this is my home. Yeah, this I is do my home. Welcome. Here. Oh, there's a pretty lady <laughs> swimming through here. Oh, I don't. I hope she doesn't drown. Oh, let me go support her. Oh, she's freaking out. Oh, I'm sorry. 
Miss, it was not my intention. Why does nobody like me? (laughs) (laughs) He's just a misunderstood creature. I get it now. He just wanted to live by himself in the water, and then he's just trying to help swimmers out because he doesn't want them Mm -hmm. to drown in his house, which makes sense. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? The property value would go down. You got a murder in your house? You have to report it for at least the next five years, you know? The whole thing. He already had that meth dealer. Mm-hmm. Like, there's already too much going on, you know? Yeah. He, he's got to sell soon. He's got to build that equity, so. I got dipshit Donnie over here promising to drain my swamp. You fat fuck, what I, what I do to you? Man, I'm out here to live in my soggiest life. Yep. Soggiest life. <laughs> Instagram hashtag <laughs> soggiest <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, because of the Monster Squad, which we've discussed on the podcast before. Ooh, yeah. I've always been a fan of Gilman, as they have to call him in that. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, the creature design of of that creature, the of the Black Lagoon, has always been so cool. I've mm-hmm. never, in particular, like uh, cared for the story. I, I don't know that I um, have ever seen the original movie. That's interesting. You said mm-hmm. that. Have you ever actually seen it? No, I, I watched the trailer on iTunes. Um, I haven't pulled the trigger on buying it or renting it yet. I don't remember yeah. what the options were there, but uh, I watched the trailer and it is like so old timey, like the the voiceover yeah. and everything. Like it's it's so fun. There's something about these old movies that just like kind of watching where those monsters originally came from and trying to mm-hmm. get in the mindset of like the audience of at that time. You know, like that. Sure. That I feel like that creature from the Black Lagoon suit still holds up kind of like the 90s ninja turtle costumes they just like they just look good uh for whatever reason so um i i can only imagine like how many suits they had to make for that especially since he's in water so often oh my god yeah (laughs) probably uh, bloated up and stuff every time they went in there or something yeah and and i was surprised i thought maybe it would be like shots like in that trailer of him just like uh, like knee deep in water or whatever, so they could just swiftly like or swiftly swap out the boots. But uh-huh. it's like him swimming underwater yeah. quite a bit. So yeah, like, that's interesting. It's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's funny because another thing I was going to bring up on the on the pod today, I'll go ahead and throw in there is you had recommended I think last time um, the uh, in in Voorhees We Trust with Gorley and Rust. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which I started listening to it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I highly recommend. It. I've only done the first. I've, I've done like the episode zero, so like their intro. Mm-hmm episode and i love them you had mentioned that they go on for a long time uh they oh, said yeah. that they tried to do the intro episode for 15 minutes and it went for an hour and a half and i was like i'm <laughs> home this is us right. like so perfect but uh they had mentioned as well they were talking about like because uh, they're doing you know the friday the 13th series and the first one came out in like 1980 i think it's when it actually arrived uh released or whatever but um they had talked about like you know looking back on it now they were like i can't imagine any you know teenager now being like really scared of that like it's a pretty boring movie and i, I agree with that too with Friday the 13th but it's fun to like look back and you have to be like okay audiences were fucking freaked out by that Mm -hmm. and by Halloween like I kind of get freaked out by Halloween but it's only because I watched it when I was a kid Um, like and then you go back to like Psycho like Psycho has never been scary to me it's just been like fun Uh, and that was like 1960 and you go further back to like Universal Universal Monsters which have always just been like almost cute to me I guess those movies like seem quaint now but they actually scare people it's kind of fun to put yourself back in that mindset uh, of Mm -hmm. of that era and stuff and be like all right, like I want to get the gist of this from that point of view I guess Mm mm-hmm it's, kind of cool. um, it's, it's funny that you started listening to In Voorhees We Trust this week because on <laughs> Geyers We Trust yeah. uh, with Myers and Russ, uh, no, in Myers We Trust with Geyers and Russ, that's yeah. what it was, um, <laughs> yeah. flipped around, um, 
they had mentioned on this past week's episode specifically that um, they're in the sweet spot of like listenership because they've got just enough people to where there's a, a listener base and you know there's some demand there, mm-hmm. um, but no, they're not so big that they get in trouble for anything they might mess up on the show or whatever. So uh-huh. they're like, "Don't tell anyone about the podcast." And I did it like the week previous, so <laughs> I feel like awesome. I'm grandfathered in. You know, you so, have to be. Yeah, you good. did yeah. it right before. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I so think. Yeah, those guys are pretty funny. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I would definitely want to get into the Myers We Trust eventually. That's one on. It's like just started on Patreon or something, right? On on Stitcher, yeah. On Stitcher, Stitcher okay, Premium. yeah, Premium or whatever. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'll to, maybe I'll just wait for that. Are you? So you're paying yeah. right now? Paying for some I, podcasts? Yeah, I, I uh, bought a subscription. I don't like to brag, but I had oh, a little wow. bit of uh, money at the beginning of this year. Went away quickly, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. all that. It's all that Coke you bought, man. Yeah, you've been snorting. Your nose is still raw right now. I can see. I it. know. And listeners, do not try to snort Diet Coke. I don't, don't know do what it. I was thinking. Like I poured Stay it out on my RC. patio. Yeah, I poured it out on my patio. Let it dry up. You know, let the <laughs> the, the water evaporate out of it. You scrape up the syrup. You know, chop it up. Wow. Up the nose it goes, and uh, yeah, it's really causing me, causing me some like intestinal distress. Sure. You know? Even through the nose, it's just like fucked up your guts. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what I was talking about. I have no idea either. Um, All right. I like that little tangent, though. But, Brent, mm-hmm. uh, do you just want to get into it then? Sure. Instead? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, um, this is funny because that was supposed to be a transition, but I don't remember the script unless I read it. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, this it, is our so first simple. show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's so simple, but I, I honestly just blanked out. I was like, wait, what is the phrase we use every mm-hmm. single time on this? What is this track or uh, episode 117? Yes. We've done this times, but uh, anyway, we're doing it. I'm Steven. I'm Brent. <laughs> and welcome Brent. to Let's Talk About Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Today, we are very excited to talk about An American Werewolf in London and Paris, double feature. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's fun that it's called a werewolf because these two films answer that question. Werewolf, London <laughs> and Paris, of course. Oh, wow. I never thought about that. It's just like a yeah. simple geography or like it's like mm-hmm. an early uh, education problem for children. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a wolf. It's yeah. not a how wolf. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a werewolf. Sure. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> it was the there? original, you know, before Where's Waldo, it mm-hmm. was the like, you know, Try to find oh wow, you know, try to find a culture figure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, we got one in London. Yeah, got another in Paris. There's probably more. Guarantee mm-hmm. there's more. Have you ever seen Underworld? They're everywhere. Uh, don't they uh, have one with Abbott and Costello at a certain point, or is that that is connected to the series? That is correct. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're all. Con- I think every werewolf movie is actually connected. It's all one giant shared universe. Mm, okay, that makes um, sense. That I'm going to go ahead and pause that right now. Sure. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm going to move forward with. And, uh, Brent, um, I have a, a little bit of things I wanted to get into right before that, but then I have so many questions for you because, um, if I recall, ha- had you not seen American Werewolf in London? Is that correct? I haven't seen either of these movies. You had never seen either of these. Oh, my God. I still haven't. I'm <laughs> going to watch them as you're talking. <laughs> okay. That's you just good. go ahead and that's talk. Good I'm going to watch. Yeah. And you'll just chime in whenever you feel like it. Mm-hmm. What? Oh, <laughs> I meant credits. Interesting choice. Okay. <laughs> I imagine the rest of the, like, three hours of this, you'd just be like, shh, I'm watching. Yeah. Steven, it's your rule. <laughs> Don't talk. Please. <laughs> scrub forward, scrub forward, <laughs> yeah. scrub forward. 
Yeah. Uh, well, no, I, I I hadn't seen either one of them. Um, I hadn't seen uh, a trailer for the first one at all. I remember oh, wow. seeing, uh, or I know that I saw a trailer for Paris back in the day just because I, I grew up with it. That, that, um, London came out a year before I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, so I so unfortunately you didn't see couldn't. It? Yeah, I couldn't. You, you know, I tried. Try? I tried to pre-order tickets on Fandango, yeah. and it was just, like, too far out. But, um... <laughs> By, the, like, 25 years. <laughs> the site didn't exist yet. I tried. Look, I tried. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I did my best. Uh, obviously, it wasn't good enough. Um, but then in Paris, that came out in 97, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I, 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 I think on iTunes, it has it listed, or maybe the Just Watch app, it has it listed on, on there as, like, 96 or whatever, but I looked it up on Wikipedia, it says 97. I don't know. Somewhere yeah. in that, that age range. Yeah. So I remember the, the the time of that movie coming out. I don't remember what the trailer was exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I was so wrapped up in listening to uh, $3 Bill, Y'all by Limp Bizkit um, that <laughs> I could not, I could not focus. <laughs> that, my, my entire memory of 97 is just wrapped up in that, that first Limp Bizkit album. Um, of course. So, yeah. yeah. That's the most Brett thing you've ever said, I think. Uh, yeah, probably. One of them. One of Possibly, them. yeah. Um, I've got a few of those. Well, uh, real quick, before we, uh, we get into more of that talk, um, mm. I, I just wanted to mention real quick that last week, I think it was, I had mentioned that uh, Amanda and I tried to watch Nightmare on the Street 2. And uh, which yeah. I had talked about was like an LGBTQ, um, like loved movie, I guess, that for that culture and, and mm-hmm. everything. And uh, I, I finally finished it the other day. And, oh, cool. uh, and actually, the first half of it, I think we, we went in straight from the first one, and Amanda and I just, like, the second one was just not as good, so it didn't hold, uh-huh. hold up as well. But um, the second half, I actually was like, yeah, I, I dig what happened to this movie. That's cool, whatever. I like, I like this series I haven't really seen before, and none of it seemed familiar to me, so I don't think I've ever seen any of that. But um, uh, on Twitter, whenever we had talked about that, uh, Andy, our, our friend from uh, Erie International and, and all that, uh, who's been on the show before, had mentioned a documentary about that called Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street, about Mark hmm. Patton, who was the star of that movie, who quickly, who thought that movie was going to be like his rise to fame, and it quickly shattered his career, apparently, because of the way the movie was portrayed and, and how people took to it in that era. So, um, yeah, it seems really interesting. It's, it's basically about him tr- going through that movie, that experience, and it, and it being like more and more... Uh, seemingly that it was a, uh, a like a gay movie that he wasn't supposed to be but he was he was not out but he is gay but the crew knew it mm. and so he felt like they were like punishing him or teasing him or, or something like that putting him in this situation all that and then about his effect on his career so uh, he's touring with this this thing right now with this uh, documentary I guess it's all in different cities kind of like Kevin Smith does so mm. I don't know when okay. I'll get a chance to see it but I'm very excited I, I did finally finish that I've started I'm halfway through I'm on Elm Street 3 now, which was the return oh, of Wes okay. Craven, at least to the writing and like story by, I'm not sure, I don't think he directed that one, but uh, it brings back the original girl, Nancy, um, who's now like a, a psychiatrist or whatever, she's helping these kids and they all kind of get together, it's the Dream Warriors one, so it's been pretty rad so far, I like that one a lot, and I'm really digging this series, which is weird because, I, as I mentioned earlier, I've been listening to the uh, In Voorhees We Trust podcast 
which is about the about the Friday the Thirteenth series. So I'm listening to them talk about that series, but I'm watching the Nightmare on Elm Street series simultaneously. <laughs> I don't know. I'm You're all over the place this year. Yeah, this yeah. this year I, I usually stick with all these plans. I have all these movies I specifically want to watch for Halloween and, and during October. And this year I've really just been like whatever I feel like. You know, I've really like kind of been loose with it. I I'll just put on an episode of The Simpsons Halloween episodes briefly, The Treehouse of Horror. I'll right. put on an episode uh, of whatever. I'll put on a movie here and there. Like I just kind of play it by ear and whatever I feel like. So uh, it's been kind That's of fun. That's why you should do it. Yeah, it's yeah. been much more entertaining than it was like a chore. Being like, I need to watch these movies or whatever, which is what I usually this, do to myself. This is what I'm saying. This <laughs> yeah. is what I'm talking about. My wife and I we carved pumpkins last uh, last weekend. I said last like I was Popeye last weekend. <laughs> um, and we uh, she insisted on watching Hocus Pocus again uh-huh. and. Uh, I'm last year I was fine with it. This year uh-huh. I was like, this is this is chore esque. Oh yeah, um, okay. Chore esque. <laughs> 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 but, <laughs> but we did it, and um, I ended up just like focusing on carving my my dumb pumpkin so much that the movie was over like pretty uh-huh. quickly after I, I finished. So uh-huh. it wasn't uh, wasn't too bad. But um, you're like, but I've had enough of this fucking movie. And it is constantly on freeform. So when we're flipping through the channels, my wife is like, oh, hocus pocus. I'm like, oh, dude, come on. Well, come on. it's funny you say this because um, after all this talk of what I've just been saying, we put on hocus pocus last night just for the hell mm-hmm. of it. So uh, mm-hmm. hocus pocus to me is just taken out of that. Uh, my, my, my calculus for this because it is the, the Halloween movie that mm-hmm. I most watch. So sorry, we, you knew this already, but I'm with Brandy on this one. Uh, actually, can you can you lean forward a little bit, yeah, okay. um, just so I can look in your yeah. in the reflection of your eyes? I I see that Hocus Pocus is on in the background, oh, man, the very screen that? you're talking to. Me oh fuck! I keep it on you my phone next to the podcast pretty much the entire time of October. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. man, you found out about it. I feel really awful, but I am going to keep watching it. That is for sure. So, um, well, I didn't I didn't want to say anything, but earlier you did call me. Uh, uh, Zachary Binks. What is his Th- name? Thackery. Thackery. Oh yeah. It's exactly with a th. Yeah. <laughs> you know how they did in olden times. I only realized that for real, like a few years ago, because mm-hmm. it's like it sounds enough, and like I, I don't know anybody named Thackery. That's not a name anymore. Mm-hmm. At least I, they might have made it up for that. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I was, I was always like, man, people say Zachary really weird in this movie. Whatever. And then mm-hmm. someone was like, no, it is Thackery, and I was like, oh. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay. So there you mm-hmm. go. You learned something new. There we go. You obviously love to have that I, knowledge. I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. No, but on the, the topic of, I almost said bewitched, uh, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I saw, I think it was last week, we just didn't talk about it, but there's going to be a uh, potential sequel made for Disney+. Plus. I've you heard that? of that, yeah. Okay. So that I would be like on board because it's like, oh, really? it's okay. new, you know? Like I wouldn't be like pumped for it or anything like yeah some some other stuff but i mean it would at least there's like hey this year when we carve pumpkins let's just watch this new thing yeah please she's like okay but first we'll watch the old one leading into the new one of course it's a double feature now that's all it is so so then i carve my head right (laughs) off my neck and uh you know just put that outside yeah um i mean that would definitely scare the kids Mm -hmm. yeah that is my actual husband's decapitated head he did it himself He's inside oh, still. And the kids are like, oh, that's cool. Oh, he's brown. Run. <laughs> oh, those racist ass fucking kids around here. <laughs> okay. On that note, I have uh-huh. to say that Amanda and I, after uh, watching some other stuff last night, we watched The Craft 
uh, oh, okay. which neither of us had seen in a long time. We really forgot a lot about that movie, but uh, it was still pretty fun. It, it wasn't as entertaining as I remembered it, but it was mm-hmm. it was still pretty fun. Um, but I didn't remember. Um, there's a, a uh, one of the ki- one of the girls, the main four in that coven, is like a diver, like a swimmer, and there's a girl on her team that like hates her and is just a big bully, and it's Christine Taylor, who's okay. uh, Ben Stiller's wife. And, oh um, man! Right. Yeah, yeah. I, we totally forgot she was in it because um, she's she's also pretty young in it and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, the 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 girl from the coven who's the diver is black, and um, she's just teasing her all the time, like making her fall off the diving board, or whatever, like all this stuff. Um, but then like later on, she's like, "Hey, she's the Christine Taylor says it has her hairbrush in the locker room, and she's like, oh my god, there's a pubic hair in my brush,' and she's like, oh no, it's her, it's one of her hairs. So the girl confronts her. And is like, why are you so mean to me? And she was like, I don't like, I can't even say it. I don't like a word. Um, but she she uses a, a bad term. And uh, she's very clearly just racist in that movie. Oh, shit. And I was like, whoa, this is like hardcore racism. Damn. She just said it straight to her face. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I did not expect that coming from Christine Taylor. She's so sweet usually. I was like, damn. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. yeah Holy British. shit. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that movie when I was younger, like after it came out on like VHS or whatever, yeah. but yeah, I don't remember that part at all. That came Jesus out in 96, so right around uh, right around uh, London, uh, Werewolf in, in Paris. So it came out a year before $3 Bill Y'all came out? Wow. Uh, that's, okay. that's, that's how they yeah. reference it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a trailer at the end. <laughs> it's a post credit scene. Next year, yeah, we will return in three dollar bill, y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, Frederick Durst. He just walks out on stage, white gloves, tuxedo. Hello, everybody. Um, Are you anticipating our new album? The answer, of course, is yeah. <laughs> I love how many times you're able to do that in, in various conversations on this podcast. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's quite good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the last thing I wanted to mention real quick before we get into our main topics was that uh, I did try to read a little bit more of the Junji Ito uh, manga, yeah. like short stories that were in the back mm-hmm. of that Frankenstein book. And mm-hmm. so I read two of them. Um, the second of the short stories is called Bog of Living Spirits, which I didn't actually care for that much. Mm-hmm. Um uh, it's just like a ghost story type of thing, but I thought it was kind of weak. And mm-hmm. then there's another one called Pin Pal that was that was pretty cool, but it had a really abrupt ending. It didn't really have an ending, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. it uh, but it was it was a pretty cool story um, overall. So I'm still really digging those um, mm-hmm. and uh, trying to figure out my my favorite ones. I kind of out of those. So so far he was he was completely hit. There were no misses, and uh-huh. I got one little miss. And so I was like, all right, this guy is human. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, it, and it. A lot of those are short stories in the back, yeah. right? So it's like like ten or something of them. Like there's yeah. quite a few, right? There's quite a few of them. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. They're, they're about like ten to twelve pages. I don't know how mm-hmm. how long they are. They're, they don't seem very long yeah. either. So yeah, I wonder yeah. if some of those are like early works of his that they yeah, finally collected and, and released to the American audiences or yeah. whatever. So maybe it's him finding his footing or whatever. Um, but the I don't know. Uh, the Bog of Living Spirits one uh, <laughs> also could be fine to anybody else or they could love it. I don't know, but um, it made me think it was like these like spirits, but they kind of glow. It made me think of um, Cabin in the Woods, 
when all the oh, okay. girls in the room make that spirit go into a frog. And I was, I've always been like, I don't even know what this is supposed to mean. This is like Asian cinema that I don't understand. And I was mm-hmm. like, what, like reading this, I was like, oh yeah, this is like Asian like manga <laughs> that I just don't understand. Like why this, why they look this way or whatever. It's like a whole different thing. So I just wasn't yeah. into it. But, but mm-hmm. still, his, his art is so awesome and everything. It's really cool. So hell yeah, really. Yeah. I've been really digging those. Yes, yeah, I need to uh, to get caught up on on those as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this isn't on our, our script here, but I do want to mention that I finally finished the uh, the game that I mentioned last week oh, called yeah. Inmost. Uh, I finished it on like Tuesday night, and I've literally thought about it every day <laughs> since. That's awesome. Like it was just so so good. I told you via text that. I, as I was like looking through the the notes on it, like after I beat it, I was just like craving information. Uh, I just need to discuss the story with like anyone, you know, go out there on YouTube, see some videos about it, find some articles about it. Nothing. There's like <laughs> hardly anything about this. I don't know if it's because it's like so new. I think it came out on like Steam, uh, which is like a, mm. a video game like um, streaming service, something mm. like that. Um, and uh, Nintendo Switch like earlier this year, maybe okay. the end of last year. So it's been out for a little while, but I'm surprised that yeah, more people haven't jumped into it. But, um, man, I cannot recommend it enough. Yeah. Um, the, the information that I did find online said it's it's like a three-hour game. And I'm like, okay, so it took me 15 hours. All right, sure, yeah. sure. I was exploring, you know. I'm not a, a gamer, so it took me uh, five times as long, but that's fine. The exploration is, is part of it. Yeah. Um, and luckily, there are enough walkthroughs on there to where you can, like, figure out how to get from one place to another or whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, man, like like I had mentioned last time you play as three different characters and you don't find out how they're all like tied together until the very end of the game yeah um, that's and, cool uh, yeah I don't want to spoil anything but I can't recommend it enough to any of our listeners to, uh, to jump into it all three are one person father son holy spirit is that what you're saying this is yes, a religious and, experience and then, and then yes yeah much like ICP <laughs> came out they were like hey we're Christians yo <laughs> Uh, fuck murder. Um, I slit your th- throat and I praise the Lord. Hell yeah. You know, <laughs> how, how they did back in the day. <laughs> Bring us the one called Thackeray. Um, Crossover. So, yeah. So at the, the, okay, I'll just spoil it for you. The end of the game, Uh-oh. all three characters uh, stand on top of each other, wear a trench coat, <laughs> and then go into an adult movie. Uh, not like rated X, but, you know, just like a, a rated R Um uh, just so they yeah. can get in there, you know. It's it's a, it's a rite of passage. Yeah, for yeah. Children. It's a unique. Okay. Uh-huh. So that's why I need to discuss it with people. It's like, why were they going to this movie? They're yeah. going to see E. T. Oh, okay. Uh, that's okay. Really strange. Why why would they pick that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Halloween, I guess. He goes trick or treating. Well, you had mentioned that game, and that's mm-hmm. one that I had not picked up from Apple Arcade yet, um, but I had seen like the little like pictures and trailers for or whatever. And so uh, after you'd mentioned it, I picked it up. And uh, so far, so good, man. I, I haven't been able yeah. to play it uh, since like last weekend, I think, actually. But the thing Is that when you flushed your, your controller down the toilet? <sighs> you said you weren't going to bring that up on the podcast, look, Brett. Look, people are going to want to know what that bubbling noise is <laughs> behind you. They also want to know all of the toilet humor and mm-hmm. uh, adventures, toilet adventures that we've had. Um, And that's one of them for me. So listen, Mm -hmm. um, it will clog your toilet. Mm -hmm. It does not want to go down. I think if you did the Apple TV remote, it would go down pretty smooth. It's pretty small. But Mm -hmm. uh, I tried to do an actual like Bluetooth, like Xbox looking controller and uh, it's still there. I mean, I poop around it, but it's still there. It's going to be there. It's like a fixture. It's like a statue Mm -hmm. in the middle of my toilet. It's kind of nice. Yeah, Um, Um, it is strange. I mean, you've got two, two toilets in your house, but you insist on using that one. 
That's it's weird. the only one we use. The other one's for guests. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's in your master bedroom. That's yeah. the thing. That's why it's awkward. I only because like you insist food. on sitting yeah. on the bed, looking directly into your restroom. Yep. Uh, with the door open, as someone like me is using it. It's, yeah. Well, it's strange. Is that I, how they do it in Texas? I like to make sure that my. I don't know if it's a Texas thing. Mm-hmm. It's it might be a Houston thing. Okay. I don't know. I I like to make sure that my friends are healthy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that everything comes out okay. Yep. If you if you have a hard poop, I'll hold your hand. Uh huh. You know. Well, I I remember, and that's fine. That's nice of you. But mm-hmm. I remember the last time I was there, I was you know done. I was reaching back <laughs> to flush, and you were like ah ah ah. You did the, like the the finger wave, <laughs> like uh, Ian Nedry from Jurassic Park. <laughs> you're like stand up. Let me. Inspect it. <laughs> I like my friends. That's uh-huh. why I'm such a good friend. I <laughs> I don't want you to be stinky. Yeah. And I want you to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Meaning it might be uncomfortable the inspection, but mm-hmm. it will be uncom- it will be more comfortable that you don't have poop there. Well, and that's the thing is like the inspection part of it. So like here in Oklahoma, we used to have vehicle inspections, but then they were just like, fuck it. Like yeah. it doesn't, doesn't matter. Like you just take it to a garage. They wouldn't even test your blinkers or anything. Um, and they would just like give you a, a sticker to put on your window to say you've, you passed inspection or whatever. So uh, it, it, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze for it. Oh, yeah. um, but I know they do that in Texas, right? So yeah, I think true. you have really taken this inspection thing uh-huh. and really like ran with it yep. in a way that critics say is undesirable, <laughs> but I applaud it. Uh-huh. I, I understand the reasoning behind it. Well, I, I am glad you applaud it because I've actually started a small business. It's not just my uh-huh. friends and families anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually call it um, the, the juice is worth the squeeze <laughs> um, is the name of the, of, of the business. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and it's me. It says I'm drinking juice and I'm squeezing. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's to symbolize the the level of attention to detail that I will notice about your butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and I, I've seen your commercial, and it's weird <laughs> because you have um, the circle of life playing in the background just yeah. to show like things that go in also come out. So yeah. it's like you know that type of thing. It's um, the Elton John piano version, though. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be sentimental. Yeah, you know, keep it classy when trying exactly. to get these, these poops. Exactly. But yeah, you said that like you come in, first time customers get a free laxative to drink, uh, you know, to help help things move along <laughs> as soon as you get there. And then you said from there it's only a short thirty eight minute wait before uh-huh. um, you you get an opportunity to uh, to sit with them. Yeah. Um, on a parallel toilet and just talk them through. <laughs> talk I them install through a parallel the toilet. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Um, because I feel like it, part of it is just that experience is very um, lonely and harrowing. Mm-hmm. It can be. And uh, yeah. I want to be there for people. So the, the thing I really like about it is in the bathroom, you know how like they've got the partitions between the stalls? Like you initially installed a partition, but then you physically ripped it down. So you yeah. can see where the bolt holes were. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. There's so a reason, though. Did you know yeah. the reason why I took that down? No. Huh. Oh, Brent, you'll, you'll support it because, you know, people write graffiti when they're pooping. Oh, okay. <laughs> and someone said, in God we trust. Oh. And I scratched it up and put Carl, you know? Yeah. Obviously. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah. they scratched that out and put God. And I thought I was like, I'm not dealing with this anymore. From now on, this is coming down. If you want a graffiti, you can graffiti right to my heart because Carl is our pooping savior. That's right. So. Alternate Voorhees or Myers. <laughs> For the, you know, for the for the season, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd, that'd be that'd be okay. But mm. yeah, mm-hmm. it depends on the season. Um, mm-hmm. This is the most uncomfortable poop discussion I've ever had <laughs> because it's too real. It's, it's just too, too real. real. <laughs> Look, I know you're, you're you're waiting till your business blows up before you talk about it on the podcast. Oh, I couldn't. Of, yeah, I couldn't wait. Um, so I did want to delve into it a little bit. But uh-huh. yeah. So anyway, play in most on Apple Arcade. <laughs> That is all to say, this game is great. That's yeah. right. I had no idea where we started with that, so that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I've been really enjoying it. I, I'm basically stuck at a point that I need to go look at a uh, tutorial online about how to get through it. I don't remember mm-hmm. where, where I was exactly, but uh, so far, yeah. so good. This game has been really fun, so I like yes. it. I'm glad you recommended it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to try to check out most of the games, if not all of the games on Apple Arcade over the next month or so, but so far, I've stuck with like the, the same like five or so that I really liked, and that's one mm-hmm. of them, so... Yeah. Awesome. Good call. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's get into our main discussion today of an American werewolf in London and an American werewolf in Paris. Stephen, let's just get into it. Let's talk about some dangle werewolves. <laughs> That's exactly what they sound like in, in London and in Paris. Yeah. All the, all the natives around them speak like that. It's weird, mm-hmm. but you go with it. Yeah. It's filmed in Louisiana, both of them, interestingly <laughs> enough. <laughs> Um, so, like we said earlier, you had never seen any, uh, either of these, which uh, just blows my mind. And I'm very excited mm-hmm. to talk about that because um, they're wildly different movies and mm-hmm. um, different eras. And, uh, yeah, man, that's just a trip because I had seen, I had seen um, Paris growing up because I was 12 years old when that came out. And it was perfect timing. Um, it had Julie Delpy in it who I started loving from Before Sunrise, which came out in 95, so I knew of mm-hmm. her. Um, she takes her top off on this, so I was instantly, this is this movie is amazing. Yeah. Uh, screw the CGI. Um, <laughs> Tom Everett Scott was one year removed, I think, from That Thing You Do, so I, was, I also loved him at that time. So there's a lot of things going for this that I was like, mm-hmm. uh, this was awesome, and I thought that movie was fantastic growing up. I yep. used to watch it the whole okay. time. And then years later, when I became like more of a, a cinema fan, if you will, I, I finally watched uh, London, and that I mean it's probably been a while now, but it's been a while. But it's uh, it's you know, it was later in life basically that I, I visited that movie and was like, oh my god, this is so cool. Um, so I'm very excited to see uh, what we both come up with from this, these viewings, this double feature that we did this weekend. So yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess should we just take them in order? And uh, start yeah, with, so. with London, yeah. right? And this came out in 81, 81. I believe. That's right. Um, as stated earlier in the show. I don't know why I was unsure about that, but... Um, <laughs> we yeah, we won easily. Yeah. Won. <laughs> um, do you have a... a... Oh, wow. Oh, Satan showed up. Oh, <laughs> All right. You invoked him again. Damn it, Brent. Yeah. Uh, let me let me see what he needs. Oh, <laughs> I'm good, Satan. You can go back. You keep doing that, and it makes me think of this uh, comic I saw, like a like a one or two panel comic years ago, where it's like a a woman is like calling her friend, and then it shows the devil in a bathtub, and he's like, "Oh, hey, Denise, I don't know how you got this number, but I've had a hell of a day." (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and I've always just loved to imagine what did happen to the devil that day that he was like, fuck this, I'm taking a bubble bath. <laughs> do you have a cast list? Um, I and do. And whatnot uh, ready to go for, for these. I do. So uh, okay. it's a pretty short list. There we go. Uh, on IMDb, or not IMDb, of uh, Wikipedia. But uh, so uh, American Wolf in London. Um, first off was de- directed and written by John Landis, who uh, had, before this, had done uh, Animal House, National Impans Animal House, and Blues Brothers. So he was a comedy director. He had written the script. Uh, apparently in 1969, he sat on it for like a... Uh, 10 years before he was able to kind of get funding for it and start to make it. Then it came out in 81. But uh, in the meantime, he built his name as a director of these comedy films. And obviously these movies, both of these, um, try to like balance this comedy and horror vibe in there and everything like that. And that, that kind of stems from him. Um, so uh, let's see. It stars uh, David Naughton as uh, David Kessler, Ginny Gutter as uh, nurse Alex Price, who's uh, becomes his love interest. Uh, Griffin Dunn as Jack Goodman. Um, I've always loved Griffin Dunn for some reason. He was in a lot of movies that I grew up with from the 80s and uh, always liked him, and I thought he was fun in this movie. Um, let's see. Uh, Dr. Wood, uh, John Woodvine as Dr. J.S. Hirsch, who's the uh, main doctor who's kind of uh, investigating some of this stuff. Um, and we'll start here or, or end here with uh, Lila Kay as the pub landlady because I really liked her yeah. for some reason. <laughs> she yeah. was trying to look out for them a little bit, but she was also yeah. a little gruff. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Did you say a little rough? Oh. <laughs> I didn't, but yes, we'll uh, wreck mm-hmm. on that. But I did. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's canon. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask canon. <laughs> so, yeah, so, it's, uh, it's a pretty short short cast overall. There's the yeah. of the people involved. So. so, let me tell you what I thought these movies were going to be like oh, going fantastic. into it. I thought they were going to be like, like serious, like... Like, not, like, horror, horror, not, like, mm-hmm. slashers and, and, like, filled with, like, blood and guts and everything. Um, oh, okay. But more, more of a serious tone. Um, I was way off You're on way both off of these. On both <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so just focusing oh, on, on London here and, um, you know what, focusing on uh, my notes. Um, earlier uh-huh. this week, I had uh, texted you about um, whether or not we we're going to do these werewolf movies, um, specifically <laughs> yes. calling the werewolf instead of werewolf, uh, because it made me giggle. So, because of that, literally every note I have in in my phone uh, where I wrote the word wolf, I changed it to wolf. Um, awesome. So awesome. <laughs> that is how I will be referring to the, uh, wolves from now on. The title of my notes is American Werewolves. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I'm right there with you. I love it. That's all the way. It's the only way I can do it now. See, werewolf. Uh, yeah. Werewolf notes. Um, <laughs> That's <yeah>. awesome. <laughs> so just some little behind the scenes for the for the audience here. So fantastic. Um, to uh, to start off on uh, on yeah. the first movie here, um, I couldn't understand what the people in the English pub were saying at the oh beginning. Oh my god, Amanda Could couldn't not, either. That's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. I was just like, oh, maybe that's how it's supposed to be. And then, like, finally, when the Americans show up, it uh, it, it slows down a bit to where I can understand what's yeah. what's going on. But uh, but yeah, the, like, uh, wait, well, real quick, the the joke yeah. or like the story that that guy says. Um, he's like telling the story. I think it was actually a racist story, if I remember right. Yeah, it is about people jumping out of a plane. There's like that guy in the pub who's like, "Hey, do you remember Henry came back from that trip?" And like uh, the plane was going down, and they like the Brit was like, "God save the Queen!" and get out, whatever. That whole story, I was like, I am not following most of this at all. And yeah. it made me think of Euro Trip, where they uh, they meet the English footballer uh, guys or whatever, and this guy's like, and and then she ended up sucking in my yarbles. 
And he's like, wow, you're on a whole different level of cursing over here. Right, I was yeah. like, I have no clue what this guy is talking about. I had to like rewind it and listen because I wanted to hear his story. And it ended up mm-hmm. being like a, a plane crash joke, of course. Of course, um, yeah. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a struggle for real. Mm-hmm. Um, as the movie started, I was like, there was like more of a humorous tone to mm-hmm. it. And it kind of reminded me of um, uh, like adventure movies from that era. Um, uh, not... I mean, this is kind of a weird comparison, but like Indiana Jones, how it's like mm-hmm. an, an action adventure movie, but also there's like some humor in there. So sure. I was kind of pleasantly surprised that there was a, a sense of humor in, in the, the the first one here. Came out the same um, year, too. Both of those. Uh, Raiders oh, of the Lost Ark. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, okay. definitely same era for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there was something in the air then. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that's what Phil Collins wrote that song about, mm, I'm pretty yeah. sure, in the air tonight. Mm. It's, jokes it's, it's not about a drowning. It's about these two movies coming out at the same time and jokes being in a... Weird places. Yeah, drowning's yeah. a metaphor for what? Mm, you look into it. Not my job. So uh, I'm not Phil yeah, Collins. I, right. <laughs> so as I like sat down to watch this, like it started, and I was like, man, I was just like really into it from okay, the cool. from the beginning for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, did my taste change as the movie went on? I don't know. Hey. We'll find out. <laughs> That's a yes. <laughs> I'm intrigued by this because mm-hmm. I've, I've liked this movie. Like I said, I watched it, I would say 10 years ago, maybe the first time or whatever. And then uh, I've been like, man, it's, it's really the, the star of the show that everybody talks about is the like werewolf transformation. The, the makeup effects and stuff on this mm-hmm. are just out of this world and there's no CGI mm-hmm. and it's just crazy that this is all like real. And yeah. uh, that's really like the star of it. Uh, Amanda and I actually in this viewing, I think she had seen it probably before at least once, but maybe not. Um, she had seen Paris before, but um, we were both kind of kind of bored during the movie a little bit. Uh, it's a little oh, really? bit of okay. a, a slow movie for a while. There's not a whole lot that happens and uh, until he starts transforming and stuff, and that's oh, I think over halfway. Um, but I've never felt that way before. So it might have just been that like that that, that night uh, we just weren't fully into it or whatever. We watched this like Friday night, and uh, but yeah, I still like it for sure. I just this time I was like, yeah, it's it's like a little slower than I remembered it. Um, yeah. So I was curious to see how it played new to you because I don't really remember my first time watching it. So. Yeah. Um, it it was more enjoyable than than I expected it to be, mm-hmm. um, just cool. because humor goes a long way with me. Sure. So so yeah, I I did enjoy myself watching the the first the first movie. Um, we'll just stick with that one for right now. But yeah, yeah the, this first one um, was was uh, definitely an enjoyable for me. Um, and uh, yeah, Rick Baker's uh, oh, yeah. like. Like I, like we were talking about with a creature from the Black Lagoon from back in the day. Like I can't imagine being in an audience watching this in '81, seriously, and seeing all of this transformation shit go on, and just like, man, it just looks so so good for. Yeah. I was gonna say for back then, but like just knowing how revered this movie is, like, uh-huh. it it lives up to the hype on the like transformations and everything. For, for sure. sure, yeah. yeah. Especially that's yeah. I guess we, we can get into it later as we go a little bit further into it. But uh, mm-hmm. that scene is just yeah, so well done. Um, as Amanda and I were talking about it, it was I was like, if I rewatch this anytime soon, it's just going to be that scene. Honestly, like I don't need the whole movie right now. <laughs> right, yeah. I just want to watch that a lot because it's really fucking cool. It, it holds yeah. up. It's it's very. Um, it's not. It didn't hold up in the, the same way that like Jurassic Park to me, like we've talked about, like looks legit. Like. like those dinosaurs still look real this looks like 80s and some of it is crazy cool and interesting you're like how the fuck did they do that um but it's 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 more than just like you can tell it's it's so groundbreaking and so cool 
Um, yeah. There's really nothing like it um, outside of this. And, and especially for like a, a comedy horror that really hadn't been around, I guess. This was one of the first. They said that like um, some people online were talking about like putting in the soundtrack that he did with like the, the blue, like different versions of Blue Moon and all the different moon songs they were like that yeah. seems like so natural now we do that all the time but like he was the first or one of the first directors to do that and to you know put that juxtaposition of the the, the happy-go-lucky songs to this horrifying event um, yeah and it's so natural now but it's like yeah that was new to those audiences in 1981 yeah and uh that that surprised me as well like especially the the song that ends the movie yeah it was like what the <laughs> um yeah it was totally totally unexpected mm. um but yeah it was it was it was i can see why people like it so much um yeah. just because there's just like a lot of um kind of experimentation mm-hmm. that went into it and yeah. mm-hmm. uh precedent setting for things that yep. happen in cinema later so yeah yeah there was i can't remember who it was right now there's some reviews i read from the era that like some people you know some big critics and stuff um didn't get it basically they're like oh, like the tonal shifts are really weird and all this stuff and like um i think it did well um even early on but i think it's like uh, over years it, it you know it kind of took on like laser disc and vhs and stuff like it built up more and more of a cult following and people are like no this mm-hmm. is like awesome this is this humor mixed in with this is crazy and i don't know what to do with it it's like it's horrific but it's it's hilarious and like um, that really like obviously took off and made a lot of things like this was 81 um if you think even like kruger you know in 84 coming out and it's like he has he's like tells jokes while he's slashing people up with his knife hands and it's like yeah maybe this was kind of a precursor to that era as well you know yeah um yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> we gotta say something and then it just like left my brain so yeah. well you have a bunch of notes right did you want to go into I any do. of those i do um so the the <laughs> the wolf attack um happens <laughs> toward the beginning of the movie like I, I really like the way that it was set up um and my wife had mentioned it as well like <laughs> the uh, the lady tells him to stay on the the road or the the trail or whatever uh-huh. um when they're like walking after they leave the pub and everything and of course they start singing a weird song and then they like immediately veer off the trail yeah. like i don't i don't know why they made that turn but you know whatever <laughs> fuck it it's a movie so they're out there they're and americans just the way, they do, yeah they do right? what they want. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> oh, yeah, brother. i think this so, is about uh two movies about brash americans coming into foreign mm-hmm. cultures and not not listening to people sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that stands to reason. Yeah. So, so they're out there like walking the fields and everything. And I just really liked how it was shot. I don't know if they were like mm-hmm. on a soundstage or what, but I mean, yeah, it I looks know. like they were out in a, in a field and the, there were points where the camera would like kind of move around them as mm-hmm. they're in the field, which is, um, in the moors. Something, yeah. Something that you see in like modern movies, but I don't uh-huh. remember seeing something like that in, in the older movies like that. So, that's interesting. Um, I, I thought that was cool. And then once the uh, they hear the 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 noise and um, they're trying to get away from it, mm-hmm. um, it's like there's some real like um, intensity that builds up. Sure. In those moments, um, and then uh, <laughs> then the wolf attack happens, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, what's his name? Jack. He gets shredded. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it's pretty yeah. bad. It's really gruesome. Amanda was like, oh, my God. And they kept going, and it kept showing more and more blood and guts, like, spilling everywhere. And she's like, oh, my God. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, it's pretty rad. <laughs> when the one dude, like, gets knocked down, and then, uh, what's the main guy's name? David. In the movie? David. Mm-hmm. When uh, he gets knocked down, he gets back up again, 
I'm going to keep him down. Uh, but <laughs> that was not even intentional. <laughs> but but he, he gets up and he starts running away. And then he's like running oh, for a man. while. And then he's like, oh, Jack. And he turns around and, and runs back. Yeah. Um, he goes back like, for a friend. I would, I would go back for you, Brent. So, okay, good. Because <laughs> this, is, this is the conversation my wife and I had. Yeah, okay, good. Like, as he was running away, yeah. she was like, what? Would you run away? And I was like, hell no. No, I'd, I'd definitely get up. I'd probably try. I'd be, like, scared, but I'd definitely try to get, like, mm-hmm. whatever creature it was off my friend or whomever. And she was like, oh. Silence. <laughs> Me too. Silence. Silence. <laughs> and she goes, you're a better person than I am. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Well. <laughs> so I'm screwed. Obviously, your wife runs marathons, so obviously she's been training for this type of event for a while. I think this she's been true. planning to run away from from a werewolf attacking you for quite some time, Brent, I have to say. I'm sorry. I think also, so, yeah. Also, your mm-hmm. wife is a tiny woman. Um, mm-hmm. That werewolf has got to be, like, two or three times her size. It's just, okay, look, she's tiny, yeah. but she is fierce. That's true. I call her my little wolverine. <laughs> oh, it's um, nice. Yeah, it's adorable, right? Um, <laughs> she's just a, a, a woman monster mm-hmm. made of teeth and fingernails in cyclone form. Just ready to rip me apart at oh, wow. any given moment. Oh, but I'm actually getting attacked by a, a horror creature. Mm-hmm. Just taking off. Whatever. <laughs> I would like to see the version of you guys walking in in England backpacking, and the werewolf attacks you, and Brandy's just like snicked and just goes to town. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best I, there is at what I do. Um, yeah, I wondered about that though. I don't know, like that. Uh, the creature itself, um, the, the transformations and the, the effects and stuff are really awesome. The creature itself, I, I'm not really sure what I think about it. It, it, it looks more like bear-like to me. Um, someone had actually mentioned, I was reading about these on Reddit, that the even though the CGI in Paris looks so bad, they, they look more like werewolves, like you'd imagine. Uh-huh. And this is like this, like when they show it, it's like a huge, it looks too beefy, I guess. Not like, uh, not long enough to be a werewolf, but... Uh, but it looks big, uh, I guess, yeah. is the, my point. And that David running away was just kind of an instinct. But he, he does go back for his friend, at least. He tries. He does, yeah. He's dead. Yeah. He's definitely dead. It, it's like it's he, too late, he, but. he was panicked, and then he remembered yeah. his friend is oh, not with I'm him. Oh, I'm a good so, friend. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he's like, oh, I'll never be able to live this down. Oh, he's dead? Well, yeah. all right. <laughs> this I is tried. one of those situations, though. I, I, I'd like to say I'd be a good person and help out my friend. But I don't know, man. Um, mm-hmm. In the moment, and that, that big creature comes out of nowhere and... I mean, it's pretty early on. His, his friend's screaming for a while, but, like, he, it's going to, like, his neck and face and, like, mm-hmm. I guess torso. I think he was dead pretty early, so I don't know that there was really much to do. But at least he came back in the end, I guess. Well, look, I I think this is why whenever they say, if you're going backpacking in Europe, to keep a series of turkey bones on your body, oh, just in okay. case you run into a werewolf, um, you can just <laughs> throw it at them. And uh, I think that's what Andy and uh, his wife Bianca oh, did when they were, sure. you know, uh, touring the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they're just like turkey legs. Turkey you legs know, everywhere. Give me them. Um, <laughs> I'd like to, uh, when you mentioned the, the, if you find a wolf or a werewolf again, um, mm-hmm. now I, I think you and I should write a travel guide to mm-hmm. backpacking around Europe uh, <laughs> against werewolves. Werewolves, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And just act like that's normal the entire time. Sure. Um, people are like, werewolves? No, 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 werewolves. Uh-huh. It's clearly, everybody says werewolf in a movie. Clearly, oh, it's clearly. adorable. Oh, you know what? It's, I'm from America. Oh, yeah. We say werewolves. <laughs> in yeah. America, we say that. We uh-huh. should spread that around. I like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, like, let's retcon this entire conversation and uh, this, okay. this whole 56 minutes of podcast so far that uh, mm. we, uh, 
in America all say werewolf. So yeah, this is obviously yeah, yeah. But and you know, Stephen, I I recently heard that they pronounce it as wolves. Oh, wolves. So mm, that's yeah. just hard for us to say. Then strange. Yeah. Right. I don't, yeah, I'm not sure what I think about that. Um, mm-hmm. I also need to call out right now the fact that my stomach is growling, and I mm-hmm. hope it doesn't show up on the podcast. But if it does, guess what, guys? I'm hungry. Um, oh, he's got a werewolf in his tummy. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> tummy wolf. So my next note here, yeah. Nurse Price. Oh, yeah. My note, my note is... Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's something about her. She's like, she's like super cute. Uh-huh. Um, she's really cute. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was like, when she shows up in that first scene, I was like, oh, I wonder if she's going to stick around for later in the movie because, you know, mm-hmm. she's, she's got it going on, you know, yep. she's got a, um, uh, an Elizabeth Olsen type vibe um, oh, okay. that, I, that I dig. Wow. Yeah. And, I and uh, yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah. Stephen, oh, you can get it. A sandwich, put them together. Yeah. Stephen can get it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't so, tell my wife. No, no, she doesn't listen. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm glad that she's like throughout the movie. I, th- mm-hmm. I think she's like the the best actor in this entire movie. Yeah. She seems like a, a serious actor. So I've kind of surprised. Like each time she's in a scene, she's like, oh, she decided to stick around to film another yeah, scene. Right. Okay, well, good. <laughs> That's awesome. This yeah. movie is like pretty bonkers at times. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad that she, she, uh... what is that? <laughs> That's my washing machine. Oh, okay. washing machine yeah. sings. Like jingle. I was yeah, like, is there an ice cream man nearby you? Go ahead and get some, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you stay here. <laughs> get the Ninja Turtle with the eyeball that's like the gumball, and it's kind oh, of like gumballs. deformed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh. All they have is melted Sonic the Hedgehogs. Oh, oh wait. Man. No, it's, it's the movie version. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I said it. Redesign Sonic. <laughs> Fantastic. Um... I was curious though what your uh, what Brandy your wife thought of this as well. I assume she had not seen it either. You know, s- some people could say that she still hasn't seen it as <laughs> she was <laughs> asleep by this point in the movie. <laughs> you know, when she's all sprawled out, laying on the couch. Oh man! I'm like, oh yeah. So I, <laughs> you know, like uh, was it Trivial Pursuit or whatever? They've got the little like sand hourglass timer. Mm-hmm. I've got one of those in my head. Uh, to where I just flip it over. Doesn't hold a lot of sand. So <laughs> as soon as she's like laid down, getting comfortable, she's got her her uh, blanket over her and the pillow all stretched out. Her feet are on top of my legs. Mm-hmm. I'm I flip that timer over, yeah. and about halfway through that flip, she's out. Uh, <laughs> so it didn't, didn't take too long at all. But uh, yeah, she she pieced out of it pretty pretty quickly. Oh, man. Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know her like thoughts on on what she saw, but it seemed like. She wasn't like super into it. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're going to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I've know. wondered, um, it seems to me that some 80s stuff, like, like she and Dr. I have talked about like Grease 2, right? Like she grew up with, like she's super mm-hmm. into some 80s stuff, but then other stuff, like I wonder if she hasn't seen it or especially like 80s horror, maybe. I wonder mm-hmm. if she um, just doesn't, you know, like the the general whatever feeling look of them whatever that that kind of era's tone of of that kind of thing like i i could see without you telling me i'd be like oh, i'm not sure that brandy would really be that into american mm-hmm. war from london yeah so that kind of makes sense to me yeah just giving her uh, yeah that's cool um yeah yeah so she yeah she had had gone to sleep at this point which is a shame because by the time the the two uh, scotland yard inspectors show up 
I got thoughts. Um, yeah. the, the, the one guy, the like the older of the two, he's like on it. He seems like a real inspector, but his like little sidekick there. That's weird. You could tell he's like a real dipshit from the beginning. Like his tie is like his tie. <laughs> that was my note. So like during my my work week, my my day job, I wear like uh, neckties, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm very specific about how. How they're they're laid down, yep. and um, every once in a while I'll not be paying attention, and I get it to where like the the back part, the longer skinnier part, is too long, mm-hmm. and I have to fix it immediately. Oh, I'm sure. like, no, this won't do. Yeah. This guy has no reservations about that. He's just like, I okay, put a tie around my neck. Okay, Got does it. it look good? Mm. Nope. That's that's not part of the requirements. I have to wear a tie. Yeah, it is on legally. Yeah. I have this necktie on. He looks like a child tried to try yeah. and tie a tie. Well, I guess child children all use like mm-hmm. like the clip-ons, but which are awesome, yeah. by the way. But yeah, uh, yeah I uh, I don't understand it. It's like the the skinny part is like twice as long as like the front <laughs> bigger part. Like it's like egregious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Amanda noticed it right away. She was like, "Oh, I do not like that. What is happening?" Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, also, someone who does not wear a necktie well. Mm-hmm. Current president of the U.S. <laughs> Sure, yeah, you like to trip on them. Yeah, it's yeah. great. They're either like way too long or way too short. Yeah, I like, think I've mostly yeah seen the long ones, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. it's I, I try to make mine to where where the flare out and the beginning of the end triangle of a tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to describe this as well as I can. Uh, I try to make that match my like waist, like my belt, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's just like right at the right at the tip of my dick. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. his he likes to go like full taint. Yeah. If you can't touch your taint with your tie, it's not long enough. That's his. As they say. Yeah. yeah. As that, the that's goes. the rule. That's the rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. In New York, <laughs> uh, rich society. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. So. Yeah. Good point. Um, there's a point where Nurse Price is, uh, she's walking around like the hospital and she's taking care of the kids or whatever. She comes across a brown kid reading comics. And at this point, I was just like, I don't know. It seems a little far-fetched. Um, <laughs> I thought you would have seen yourself in that a year before you were born. I don't. I don't see the connection. You no, know, honestly, doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> you know, I, I did notice that he was reading some Laurel and Hardy comics. Oh yeah, okay. So I was like, okay, all right, fair enough. That kid's funny. Uh, the, the one that just says no the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah. thought he was so cute. Yeah, he's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder that. That's like all that kid says. I wonder what he does now. He's like an accountant, and he's like, yeah, I was in one movie, though. All I said was mm-hmm. no over and over again. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a pretty good experience. You know, it was yeah, five got years to old. hang out with uh, <laughs> yeah. Nurse Price. She Not was shabby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That nurse's outfit is banging. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so let's see here. Yeah, um, I thought the prosthetics for the movie are really impressive for 81, which we touched on a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. but um, just to, like, double back on it, like, they have the... The, the transformation scene but the, which looks great but yeah. then also like the the full like wolf costume mm-hmm. um like when the they're in the subway and uh not the restaurant god um <laughs> calm down tummy five dollar foot longs <laughs> <laughs> and uh they're they're in the subway and uh he's the uh, the wolf is chasing the mm-hmm. guy up the, the escalator <laughs> stairs, and uh, you see the the wolf poke out a little bit, uh, and it's just like the it's like an overhead shot, but you can that see that one's yeah uh, yeah yeah 
I didn't expect cool. to see that. I thought maybe like a paw would step into frame or whatever, uh, but then you see like the 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 upper torso of uh, of the wolf and yeah. um, <laughs> just peeking in there. And I was I was surprised. Like I don't know if some of that was like if that was always a person in a suit or if oh, it's yeah, uh, like a, a, a like puppetry of some sort. Um, claymation, you know. Hey. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I, I liked um, some of the shots they did. They almost treated it like Jaws. They don't mm-hmm. they don't show like the full thing a whole lot, you know. And like as it gets further and further, they do more and more or whatever. But uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm not sure if that's what you're talking about. The the one where he's chasing that guy yeah, and he's on the escalator mm-hmm. and he's like, that guy by the way does not know how to ride escalators. He throws all of his papers <laughs> on the ground and trips all over himself. It's it, you just get up there, man. I know he's scared, but like he really bungled that whole situation and then he just well, stops you know to, to be polite you're just supposed to step on the the escalator and just let it yeah. take you he was just like well i am terrified but <laughs> i don't want to be rude yeah. i am english you know, so. <laughs> that's true i never thought about it yeah it's yeah. The, the english mentality there uh, yeah. but yeah and then they show that he's like kind of slowly rising up and then it shows that shot sort of from above where the the creature the the werewolf is like slowly coming into frame whatever it was pretty rad mm-hmm. um and then, uh, nope, I just lost what I was going to say, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, this isn't going well so far. <laughs> it's like at least the third time it's happened this, this episode. Yeah, it's so good. Um, what else you got? I, I did notice there's a uh, couple of very special cameos. Um, we get mm-hmm. a cameo by the Muppets on television, oh, uh-huh, uh, which okay. is fun to see. Yep. And because uh, we were just talking about them not long ago. And mm-hmm. then uh, also in Nurse Price's house, she's got figurines of uh, Mickey and Minnie Mouse and then Donald Duck. And then she has oh, a yeah. Mickey Mouse poster in her hallway. Oh, wow. And uh, like this is this is before like Disney bought the Muppets. But mm. it's it's still like weird that she's got like these these are kind of all clearly like placed in the movie. I was trying to figure yeah. out if there's like some metaphor there or mm. or if it plays into the plot in some way, like later on in the movie and it doesn't. But yeah, uh, yeah, That's I don't weird. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what the meaning is there. But. I didn't notice all of those things in her apartment, but there during the transformation scene, there's a shot where he's like screaming in pain and agony and it just cuts yeah. to a figurine of Mickey Mouse. Right, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a weird it's a weird yeah. shot, but it, I, yeah. I just thought, because I, I, I didn't notice the rest of it, I just thought, like, uh, maybe it still is with just that shot. Like, it's just kind of, it's like the song playing in there. It's like this weird uh, juxtaposition that's to, to put you in, like, a weird place, basically, where it's like, he's clearly um, in agony, but, like, mm-hmm. here's here's one of the happiest creatures ever drawn, <laughs> you know, and ever animated or whatever. Like, yeah. look how, how happy Mickey is, whatever. It's just kind of jarring. It's nice, so. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I wonder why why she had more. I, I, I did like after uh, David was attacked, he was in the hospital and everything. He was having these these weird dreams. And uh, one of them is like Nazi wolves go to his house. Like it's established that he's yeah. Jewish, like in, in uh, that mm. first scene of him in the hospital. Mm. And because um, oh, they so, looked at his dick while he was asleep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because he was circumcised. <laughs> yeah. And then the doctor was like, yeah, it's a, like a, a lot of people do that regardless yeah. of their religion now. So, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, like the the Nazi wolves show up, and I'm just like, well, th- okay, I I understand what this movie's trying to do. That's when it finally clicked to me. It's like mm. Nazi wolves. Okay, let's fucking get bonkers. Let's do it. I yeah. I, I did not expect <laughs> this, but I'm on board now. So yeah. I it was at this point to where I was just like, fuck yeah, let's do it. So yeah, cool. My feelings did change. Oh, just not in a uh, a negative <gasps> way. Um, Yay, cool. The uh, I did think that. Um, 
David got over his friend's death like pretty quickly. Pretty like it, uh, he was he was full on just trying to like you know. <laughs> the phrase that popped into my my head was <laughs> crack open some sniz. But, uh, <laughs> maybe a, a more delicate way to do it is uh, to uh, oh, uh, involve himself in a. Uh, uh, a, uh, an adult relationship yeah. with the nurse pretty quickly. There you go. Same. Um, yeah, it's about the same phrasing. Yeah. 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 Sure. <laughs> <Just crack. laughs> you know, it's, uh, that sniz has a twist top. It just... <laughs> oh, it's fresh. Okay. I was thinking of like a can't. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can do that, too. Yeah, either way. Uh, let's see here. Um, Sealed in for freshness. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say she was a virgin, but she no. does, you know, take care of herself. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Feminine hygiene's a real thing, right? Um, and, uh, all right. So the thing that, like, both movies do um, is there's some, like, awkward kissing in both of these movies. Oh, okay. Like, mm-hmm. to me, like, the, mm. the way they just, like, kiss with both of their mouths, like, widely open. Yeah. And uh, there's, like, a weird amount of tongue involved mm. in, like, movie kissing. It's just, like, kind of creeps me out a yeah. little bit. It's the most horrifying part of this whole movie for me. <laughs> Was was that? Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really call that, but uh, if it weirds you out, I, I've I've noticed sometimes. I didn't notice it in this one, but now I'm curious. Uh, in movies, it's like you can tell that like the actors like either didn't talk about it enough, or like one of them is like, yeah, like no tongues, but like you have to like make it. You have to make out. So like big mouths, right? Yeah, cool, okay. Mm-hmm. And then like yeah. in the moment, they're like, I'm gonna use a tongue though. And it's yeah. like, it just always feels like weird. Uh, like that's such a discussion. Uh, I would feel on a movie set of, mm-hmm. uh, what, what do you do? How do you, uh, how do you do this? It's not as natural as, as real life mm-hmm. as I'm told. Yeah. I've never made out, but <laughs> <laughs> hey, one day, one day, I'm hoping, what is man. was that like the 15th wedding anniversary? That's like, that's the makeout one. Yeah. yeah. And you're I'm, getting there. Amanda has said um, she wants to go to an alternate route. She found different gifts on Pinterest that she wants to use. Uh, and I think I'm getting a paper airplane, but um, I really okay. want the makeout sesh, though. Yeah. I think it I sounds mean, pretty rad. I'll keep my fingers crossed for you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Hey, we're best friends, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y- y- you'd come back for me if I was being attacked by a werewolf, right? I would, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I'm just saying, if I don't get a makeout sesh with my wife, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah, I'd crack open your snitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so dramatic. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Perfect callback. Okay. Yeah. Oh man. Um, okay, so let's. Uh, you know what? Let's just let's just get into it on the the transformation okay. thing. Like, yeah, let's do it. That's we mentioned it a couple times. The transformation looks super painful. Like, in it, oh, God. I, I've seen like images online. I, I think like like gifts or whatever mm. um or like clips on different tv shows or whatever references uh, online i did not know the scene went on this long yeah um, but it works so well it just mm. looks so excruciating to go through that transformation um and the the amount of shots of like the the mid transformation um shots of like the back where like there's some some like body hair growing Mm -hmm. and then you see it again and there's like a a bit more body hair but he's not quite full yeah 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 i'm sorry (laughs) yeah yeah sorry went a little bit english there Uh, full wolf um and then like a third time there's like even more body Uh, hair but not not quite 
to that full transformation i was just like man they had to have spent a oh, lot yeah. of money and like time putting that together yeah. you know um but it works super well and then like when he's like looking at his hand and like the yes. portion of his hands that's like it just expands and it takes so long i wonder how how far they can expand that without like the the like the skin of mm-hmm. that prosthetic hand like ripping or whatever because it, it it goes a lot further it stretches out oh, a, yeah. a lot further than i expected it to you know and that's the thing it, it's so slow and excruciating like every mm-hmm. piece of his body transforming that they cut to and everything it's just so cool and yeah. uh this is where uh, you had mentioned you'd read, written down some notes for the movies i was saying that i was going to go try to find some some trivia or some facts mm-hmm. and stuff and mm-hmm. um amanda was so curious about that last night she was like how the fuck did they do that and i was like some of it like his back it bulging up and stuff i was like it's probably just like an inflatable of some sort like a hydraulic system something that like kind of pops things up his hand though i was like really curious about how that really worked and i found this old video on youtube there's like a three minute video i can send to you maybe we can tweet it out or something but uh mm-hmm. it, it's like a little interview with Rick Baker who did the makeup and then um, David Naughton who was the uh, the actor during those scenes and for one he had mentioned that uh, uh, whenever he met Rick Baker on the set after getting cast Rick Baker was like oh who do you play and he said I'm, I'm David and he's like oh I'm, I'm sorry and he was like wait what does that mean I, this is a big role for me and everything and he was like oh, this is gonna be bad for you Mm-hmm. And they talked about it. It was really cool. Um, that hand thing is basically a rubber hand that's you know shaped like a human hand, and then it has a rod that goes down what would be the arm, um, like inside, and it can just push it up and expand that out. So all it is is like a simple. Some guy is basically off frame below it. They, David Naughton's arm is like back behind his back or whatever, mm-hmm. and they they did the other arm as if it's like in front of him, and they would just slowly inch it up so that it would expand out but then they he talked about how they would have like different things for each little scene each little uh uh, viewing angle basically and and throughout the process so they would have different creature effects with like how much hair does he have right now how transformed is he they would do these quick cuts so like they first did the hand from behind and that was one hand and then they cut to the other side and they made another one where the paw or the the palm looks kind of like a paw it's getting closer to a wolf. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so they would do these different things, but they, it took, um, they said it would take like 10 hours to put the makeup on every day. They, they shot it for six days, that whole scene. It would take 10 hours. It would take three hours to get off. They would, oh they would, he would sit in the chair for like 10 hours. They would shoot, Rick Baker said, for five to 10 minutes. And then they would <laughs> take it off because the day had already been so long. Yeah. That by the time he's out of it, it had been like a 14-hour day just in makeup alone, you know? Damn. And so um, then the actor was talking about it, and there's part of it wherever it shows his body is like elongated. He's like on his back, and it's like elongated into the wolf, which is yeah. crazy looking. The body is all fake. Um, his body was cut into the floor, so he's like sitting in a hole, and that's just mm-hmm. like his upper torso. But he said he would be there for so long that they would like call lunch, and he would just have to sit there. And like oh, wait no. for him to come back and like finish filming oh, or whatever, uh, but yeah, it just seemed like some of the effects just uh, were really like ingenious. The uh, the hair growing out. There's a scene where the hair like grows. Mm-hmm. Um, all they did was they made the thing with all the hair through it, and they they pulled it through so it uh, came in, actually like went into the skin and then they just reversed oh. the footage so it looks like it's growing out so really oh, simple okay. yeah. uh, so a lot of it is just really simple things uh, mm-hmm. but what's super cool is Rick Baker won the inaugural best makeup Oscar that year it was the first year they awarded that he won the first one he filmed this when he was 30 years old 
It Holy came shit. out when he was 31. He ended up winning the best makeup Oscar like five or six times, mm-hmm. um, I think, over his career. And he won the very first one for this. So definitely well-deserved. Um, this this scene alone, I think, is well-deserved. And then you get the... Uh, we haven't even talked about his friend and, and all the other undead creatures and stuff. Yeah. Their makeup is fucking phenomenal, too. So, yeah, it's just uh, it's pretty killer. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, you um, Yeah, you're right. On uh, Jack's makeup, he, like... When you see his like shredded oh. face, <laughs> and, the and, like, first time neck. in the hospital, yeah, it's his just neck. like so disturbing. There's one little super gross. flap that like hangs off, and when he talks, it, it moves jiggles. the whole time. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, it's the best one. It's my favorite oh, part man. of the whole thing. And I wondered like, was it a mistake? Like it just didn't glue down right, or would like did someone do that on purpose? Because it's so perfect, it seems like it has to be an accident that it was just serendipitous that his flesh dangling off. Yeah. Works so well. It's like it looks like a lure almost for like fish. Like it's so quick and it's like it's just, just like I was like honed in on it the whole time. I just couldn't yeah. look away. Ugh. Yeah, so creepy. it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. But it, it it it. I mean, that's how it would be in real life as well. You know, you just have like exactly yeah. have like flesh just dangling. Whatever's there. hanging there. And I saw a note um, online too that uh, some interviews with um, the the director uh, John Landis that uh, had he been able to go back and like change some things. For one, he said he would not have made that scene of the transformation that long because he felt he was he was just so good that he just like couldn't look away. He just spent so much time editing it and making it look awesome, which is funny because I wouldn't cut a single damn thing in that. I think that's the length of it is what makes it so excruciating and sells yeah. the whole thing. And it's just uh, it's just so cool. Uh, but also he said that they cut a scene that they filmed with uh, his friend Jack where he eats a piece of toast off of the tray in the hospital and it falls out his neck. <laughs> Oh, and wow. they filmed it and everything, and they just never, I don't know. I don't know if there's like a version of that we can see online, like a deleted scene. But yeah, they they actually even had more more stuff in there. I guess they cut out. So that's funny. Cool. Holy yeah. shit, that would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, after his his transformation, David's transformation, he uh, gets to woof it up, and then he uh, turns back to a regular human. Like you said, he ends mm-hmm. up in that that woofed in. Yeah. Uh, that he breaks into wakes Post, up. Poise quitus. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and um, he hops out of it. And at first, it was like, oh, did did we see his dick just now? Like, oh, oh that's I wondered, weird. Yeah, but then like as he's like running through a park or something like that, you can see his like dick flopping around. He's got <laughs> flopping dong. Just, I didn't notice and, that. Mm-hmm. I was I actually thought they did pretty well with him crawling out of that enclosure up the rocks naked. And I was like, there's not a ball shot. Is really what I was worried about. Like uh, mm-hmm. between the legs behind ball shot um which is not a good look um yeah and uh yeah i was looking for that i didn't see the the dick the dick running <laughs> oh yeah you, you gotta go back and watch it <laughs> amanda get in here <laughs> watch for the dick yeah um and uh yeah he, he eventually like steals the balloon from the the kid which is just like such a a weird and long long scene it's, it's a very like, weird just, scene just take the balloons man yeah. just get out of there yeah You're like I thought he was just gonna like reach through the bush, grab the balloons, and then take off. But he like walks around. He walks around is like his, his naked ass <laughs> hanging out, and then yeah, it, yeah it felt bizarre. like a different era. I was like, mm-hmm. um, I barely even talk to children in public, fully clothed, as a normal mm-hmm. adult, white human American, mm-hmm. because uh, there's such a, a weird uh, culture around. Like, uh, I'm obviously gonna be a pedophile if I'm speaking to a, chil- a child at all. And yeah. here is a naked man who is 
being like, hey, hey, child, come to this bush. I will give you two do- two dollars, two pounds. Yeah. And the child's like, what? Okay, I will walk closer to you. You know, like yeah. it's, it all feels very weird. Um, uh-huh. And then he just steals them, and, and that's fine. He should have just reached out, and it should have just been a quick scene. It was weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Um, so uh, Landis didn't say anything about uh, editing that scene down, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> I actually would have made that one a lot longer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he should have met with more kids. Speaking of longer, did you see the dong? <laughs> the prosthetics on that. Crazy. <laughs> Hey, speaking of Dong, um, there's a porno theater scene in this movie. Um, <laughs> it's so bizarre. <laughs> like, as I was watching it, like, and they, I thought they were just going to be, like, shots of the audience, and you've got a few, like, men, like, sprinkled in the theater um, uh-huh. as they're watching the movie. I didn't think they were going to show the actual, like, porno scene, but they do. Obviously, it's not, like, penetration but there is a i love yeah. that there's a, a scene of like a couple like doing it and then there's a guy that walks in he like jumps up both their asses and then they're like what like you've got the wrong guy or something like yeah. that and then he's just like, like oh, i don't know you sorry yeah <laughs> that so that weird. to me is like the classic I, I don't know where that actually came from but that to me is like a classic landish joke i wouldn't be surprised to hear that he directed those scenes as well yeah uh, for to imp- uh, input into the theater or whatever um it's uh, there's a movie he did um, I think if, I, I right around Animal House I guess called the Kentucky Fried Movie. Have you ever heard of that before or seen it? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it before though. I think you should give it a shot. I, I used to watch it as a kid, um, and I thought it was uh, it's absurd and, and crazy and hilarious, whatever. But uh, it's been a very very long time. Um, but it's like just sh- like weird schlocky humor or whatever. It's he has a very unique brand of humor and, and gore and all the stuff, and it's. Uh, mm-hmm. And porn is in there too, I guess. Now you could say so. <laughs> well, the, the end of that scene, there's a uh, there's a lady like on the phone, topless, yeah. and she's like talking to somebody. And I don't remember what the the punchline was, but it was just like so bizarrely random. Like it was like a, a porno comedy that was yeah. that they were there for. So. Well, yeah. that one in particular, Amanda was very confused by because right before that. You see somebody, like a manager or someone in the in the um, like lobby, tell the person behind the counter like call so and so, and then the next scene is him like running in to like do something whatever in the theater. But it cuts to that that girl on screen topless on the phone, and she says something like, "Oh no, I don't know, you got the wrong number or whatever." Oh, yeah, and that's a, right. Amanda was like, "Did the desk clerk call her? Are they behind the screen filming this live?" <laughs> what is happening and I was like man I didn't even think about that but it's like call this person and the next scene is her being like hello you know and it's like oh wait yeah. this is a weird weird thing but uh, I didn't even pick up on it man it was like so confused uh, it's like a porno where nothing interesting happens yeah. it's like the Seinfeld yeah. of porno yeah. <laughs> I wish I could do a Seinfeld impression to, uh, to hype that up but uh, uh, someday maybe we'll see that leaked what's the deal with these werewolves <laughs> there you go <laughs> I don't even know this guy. <laughs> oh, wait, is that Michael Richards? What? No, 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 get him off stage. Get him off. Oh, no. no. We're sorry. Get off his mic. But, yeah, that's a, a very weird uh, porno scene, but uh, mm-hmm. I love that he starts to transform in there, and everybody is like, he's like, get out of here, and they're all like, man, this guy does not know how to jerk off right in public. <laughs> you got to be quiet. Yeah. Talking loudly to nobody <laughs> in back in this theater. It's weird. Um, my final note for the movie is that the um, the movie ends just like 
very abruptly. Yes. Like, like earlier in the movie, he asks, um, I guess, Jack if, like, silver bullets will, will take him out or uh-huh. it, it has to be silver bullets to kill him. And he's like, no, don't be an idiot. And then, uh, sure enough, um, the, he is proven correct because uh, he gets yeah. gunned down by uh, London police um, and uh, shot dead. And it just shows his, like, dead corpse in an alleyway. Yep. And then it's just... So, so that was going to be um, one of my things when you were talking earlier about the design of the wolf um, mm. and how it looks like it doesn't look like a, a wolf wolf like an actual like real world uh, wo- I'm sorry wolf, wolf. Uh, uh, that's hard I know, <laughs> I I know. That up. But, um, <laughs> the the thing it does remind me of is like if you went to um, before it was Chuck E. Cheese, it was called Showbiz Pizza, oh, and they yeah. had a series of characters <laughs> up on a uh, on a stage. And I think they still have this with Chuck E. Cheese, or at least they did to a point. But it was like like a country band made of like uh-huh. forest creatures, and one of them was like I think it was a bear, but it yep. looked like the the wolf in this movie. And sure enough, what type of music did they play at the at this like Showbiz Pizza Jamboree? So I think it was like a, a subtle tie-in to Showbiz Pizza at the time. They were actually they 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 started Chuck E. Cheese as a horror restaurant. They were like people were going to be so terrified of this, and mm-hmm. then kids were like, "No, it's great!" And they were like, mm-hmm. "We had to change our whole game here." Yeah, they were and, like, "Okay, so so if we take like American Werewolf in London, okay, and then we merge that with Deliverance." <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna terrify people. You go there, you eat some pizza, you shit yourself, you get another pizza. Oh, I see. It was a business play. Oh, it's all yeah. about money. Yeah. It, I mean, it all comes back to the mighty wow. dollar, you know. Wow. But uh, yeah. the second you said Chuck E. Cheese, I was like, yes, he is right. It looks like one of those animatronic creatures. Yep. <laughs> that is absolutely true. That's the design they yes. they went with. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that's great. Yeah. So I I do like. Um, the ending, uh, besides the actually abrupt ending, whatever, the fact that he is in London, like the, the whole the whole thing basically as you in find London. out, <laughs> the whole thing is you as you find out is like they were at this like tiny village where they had like, a werewolf problem mm-hmm. um, that they were dealing with, and they talked about like they didn't want it to get out from there or whatever they were dealing mm-hmm. with it. But now it's like in a major city, so it's an interesting premise for the this world where werewolves exist, but they're not in like. They're not around the world. They're not in, like, a major city. And then the fact that he transitions in the city and starts killing everybody, and then, like, that rampage he goes on um, is just fucking crazy uh, before they end up actually shooting him in the alley and everything. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's – it's, what's funny about it, though, is, again, going back to I grew up first watching Paris, and I knew the world that they built there and the lore of the werewolf in their world. Um it doesn't match the world in this one because I was like, um, and, and American Wolf in Peril says we'll get into, uh, the whole idea is that Tom Everett Scott has to kill the werewolf that bit him so that he can turn into a normal human again. But in this one, he gets bit and they shoot that werewolf immediately in the village mm-hmm. and he's still a werewolf. And yeah. then and this one, it's like he just needs to die so that his, like all the people that he bit or whatever will be able to go you know, not have to like roam the earth forever as like spirits and stuff. Um, but I'm like the whole time I was watching this one, I was like, but wait, that's not like what the thing is. So it was, it was confusing to me having watched the sequel first and been given that set of rules. 
rules and then be like, oh, the set of rules in this is completely different. Also in Paris, there's entire clans of werewolves in Paris. Like they keep it under wraps and stuff, but like it's a different universe and it's like, okay, well that was like 15 years later or whatever, a number of years later, but uh, maybe they've, you know, spread out and everything. But I, I think I like the idea of one of it better being like, a new thing to this city and just being like, what would the city do with that information? Uh, yeah. You know, if a werewolf was just running around killing people or whatever. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a cool premise and that the sequel doesn't really deliver on that at all, but it just messed with my head that I had seen that first and that's what I accepted. So, yeah. Um, well, I mean, do you have any final notes on, on London before we move over to Paris? Let's do it, man. Let's just get in it. Let's slide up in it. Yeah. Here we go. Um, so the first thing I want to note is, um, this soundtrack screams the 90s. Oh uh, my God, Smash yeah. Mouth's Walking on the Sun is part of a <laughs> montage scene. Just so bizarre. So oh bizarre. Lord. And I remember uh, Bush's remix of Mouth mm-hmm. was all over the place. It was yeah. a massive, massive hit. Yeah. And it was used to uh, to promote this movie. So, um, And then there's like all kinds of like like random music i looked up the soundtrack as i was watching uh-huh. the movie because like some of it sounded familiar but i couldn't quite place it and then there was a lot of artists on the soundtrack itself that i just i have no recollection of but oh, interesting yeah. listening to the music i was like oh i can tell you the exact date that the <laughs> that the music supervisor was putting this together so yeah. that's awesome yeah that's one of these people talk about for that movie uh, of one of the good things is the the soundtrack is is pretty good um and it's very 90s uh, a lot of mm-hmm. people I was, I was looking on reddit to see what people thought about both of these movies see if anybody else likes the sequel like i i like the sequel um and a few of them were like well it's nostalgic you know like it's what i grew up with it it's like it's very good time capsule of the mid to late 90s and uh, and i think that that holds true yeah there's some there's some cool stuff in there like even their outfits like tom everett scott's outfit i was like that's like 97 to me like i wore that kind of stuff or whatever um yeah so yeah i like that aspect a lot but uh i'm i'm very curious to delve into uh what you what you thought of this one especially versus the other one so yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a difference between the two. It was, what, 17, 16, 17-year 17 difference um, yeah. between the two. So um, my wife, since she fell asleep on the, the first one, um, she asked, you know, the next day, she was like, oh, do I need to go back and watch the, the first one to get into this one? I was like, I don't think so, because the main dude dies. So yeah. I think you're all right. Um, so because I thought, you know, not seeing either one of these before, I thought mm-hmm. maybe it was just like a... A continuation of sorts where they just change the actors, but it's, it's Thomas Everett Scott playing the same character, gotcha. or whatever. Yeah. Um, or maybe it was a reboot, and yeah. they just put it in a different city. I didn't know what it was, and mm-hmm. it seems like they're mostly unaffiliated. Like you said, the rules are are different for yeah. each of them. Um, but uh, but yeah, so um, I could tell that this is where. This is the era where the green screen really took hold of the cinema because that Eiffel Tower scene was just like all over the place. You can see like oh, yeah. the little like outline of of uh, being rotoscoped, um, you know, out of there. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. It was a, a product of its era. It's not yeah. like it had Jurassic Park money or something like that. So, exactly. Um, let's uh, yeah, it, let's it, talk it, about this Eiffel Tower bungee jumping scene that starts oh, off the movie. Yeah, sure. <laughs> this has never made sense. Um and it was Until today. <laughs> <laughs> it 
it's so funny. This is one of the biggest criticisms online. Even the people that like it and stuff when I was reading about it on Reddit, uh, people were like, um, did they not know that the Eiffel Tower flares out from the top, like, drastically? Uh, or that you'd be bungee jumping through a thousands of girders, steel girders, that you would be trying to avoid and everything. Uh-huh. Uh, but at least he gets his in the end, that it actually uh, does not work out for him. Uh, although I'm pretty sure it would have killed him instantly. Uh, he mm-hmm. bungee jumps and hits the back of his head into a, uh, a steel girder. Um, pretty sure that. That might have just taken his head off, I don't know, but definitely would have crushed yeah. his skull. But yeah. uh, in this world... Um, you don't have to tie off your bungee line. Your friends will be able to grab that and hold on to you as yeah. you Easy. and yeah. another person uh-huh. bungee jump on one line, and you will be able to gently lay her on the ground and just take off her shoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect sense. Yeah, totally makes sense. <laughs> no issues at all. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was... I did not expect to see that. Yeah. Um, I knew they were, like, going up to... Like, I thought they were just going to go up to the top of the tower and just, like, hang out and drink and, like, look around uh, the city or whatever. But then you see him, like, unpacking his bungee jump gear. Um, and he had a well, pretty big backpack, but I thought, I don't know, maybe it's, like, picnic shit. He first has um, a notebook, and he's writing stuff down, and then he tears up a piece of paper and, like, lets it float away to be like, where's the wind going? Where yeah. am I going to hit the Eiffel Tower whenever I bungee jump? Because you're yeah. going to hit the Eiffel Tower when you bungee jump a little bit. <laughs> right, yeah. You're going to just, you're probably just going to fall straight down into another part of the, the Eiffel Tower. But yeah, um, but yeah, instantly in this movie, uh, I think you, you start with the, I think the train scenes before that, when they're just like talking and stuff. But uh, mm. instantly with that scene, you get to uh, see that this is a completely different beast than the, uh, the oh, previous yeah. movie. Um, there are they're, three friends now. Yeah. Oh my God. What? <laughs> They've added one extra person. Dynamic is way different. But I still, like, watching this, it was, like, one of those things I hadn't seen in so long, but it was, like, I couldn't tell you everything that happened, but as a scene was starting to play out, I'd be like, oh, my God, and the next scene, this is going to happen. Oh, my God. Like, all these memories were flooding back. So, to me, it was oh, yeah. very, it was all nostalgia all okay. day long um, that, that pulled this one through for, for both me and Amanda. She also had seen this one and remembered it a lot. Um, and, honestly, we had a – I have to say, like, for this viewing – we were both kind of bored by the first one, even though I 100% think it's a good movie and it's way better than the second one. But we were way more entertained by the second one on by Friday the night. One? Yeah. I could see that, yeah. It was just nostalgic fun and uh, it's goofy as shit. And uh, we just kind of went with it. Yeah, we just kind of went yeah. with it. So. Um, so as he's unpacking his bag at the, the top of the Eiffel Tower, his like two friends are like off, like sitting down drinking or whatever. And he as he's unpacking his bag... He's, like, really going through the process of, like, uh, there's a certain way you have to lay the, uh-huh. the bungee cable and everything. And it's a lot because it's a bungee cable. Yeah. So that process had to have played out over <laughs> half an hour. Yeah. Like but in movie time, it was just, like, mere mere seconds uh-huh. as it, it was laying out. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was insane. And it, it's weird that, like, the first thing he wouldn't do is, as he's laying out the cable, attach it to someplace secure. He's just, like, laying oh, it up right. in a coil. As he stacks all of it on top of each other, or on, on top of itself, he's like, oh, and then I'll go back and do it. Like, well, no, on, he stacks it all up on each other, and he does his own ankle. 
Like, he attaches mm-hmm. it to himself, but not to where he needs it to go. I would think that I would attach it to where I needed to go. Well, just in case there's a big gust of wind and it blows the cable <laughs> off, you want to make sure it's anchored to you sure. so you can just, like, simply pull it back up. That so makes sense. That part I didn't have a yeah. problem with. That's that's totally logical. But, yeah, he should have, you know, after he, immediately after he Velcroed, Velcroed that thing yeah. around his, his leg, he should have absolutely uh, no. tethered it. I also love starting with the train scene when they start talking about this. Um, it, it was it is so incredibly 1997 that they were going on a stunt tour, uh, on like a whatever I stunt tour uh, yeah, of right. the world. I was like, this is like when the X Games was coming out and like really big. You know what I mean? <laughs> Holy like, shit, you're right. It's like the beginning of this like extreme sports like really taking off. And the fact that they would be traveling around Europe, like the other guys were like backpacking around Europe as you would do, you know, between mm-hmm. college or whatever. And these guys are like, oh no, I've been carrying around this bungee cable in a, in, a, in its own bag this entire time, like waiting mm-hmm. for this to happen. Yeah. Um, it just seems, it's just all absurd, but man, mm-hmm. man, do I just love it. <laughs> I just go with it. <laughs> so, um, I, uh, I, I didn't take as, uh, as detailed notes this time uh-huh. um, because there were certain things like th- if, if the first movie is bonkers, this one is like bonkers 10 X. It's yeah. uh, X for extreme. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I noted things that really like stood out to me like this scene um, where he meets up with uh, what's her name? Uh, because with like a S or a C or something yeah, like that. Uh, Seraphine. Seraphine. Seraph- or oh. Seraphine. Did, did we go through the, uh, the cast list? We didn't. Yeah, we forgot to on this one. So this was directed by uh, Anthony Waller, who uh, did this amongst five other movies that I've the other four I've never heard of. Uh, So not much going on there. Uh, Screenplay, screenplay by him, Tim Burns and Tom Stern. Um, Tim Burns and Tom Stern have not written anything that I think I knew of either. Uh, Not a whole lot of movie wise, at least. Uh, Tom Everett Scott as Andy McDermott. Oh, spoiler alert, Julie Delpy as Seraphine Peugeot McDermott. Wink, oh. they get married. Um, oh. Vince Belouf as Brad and Phil Buckman as Chris. And then, uh, oh, yeah, I was so excited. I forgot 100% that Julie Bowen was in this movie. Yes, yeah. I love Julie Bowen. Me too, uh, yeah. She is incredibly attractive. Oh, um, yes. And I was so excited to see her. Uh, uh, she plays uh, Amy Finch in this. So okay. We'll, we'll stop there, yeah. Yes, yes. Um well, the the scene where they're in uh, in the the restaurant together. Uh-huh. Um, well, first of all, he like flags her down. It's like, is there a cafe? And she's like, it's yeah, it's Paris. Yeah, <laughs> fucking idiot. You fucking piece yeah. of shit, idiot. Okay, so um, Ben and I've been there. Cafes are not even like Starbucks. They are like Starbucks, McDonald's, and Subways in America. They like take all of those together. There's mm-hmm. a there is a cafe like every two steps in Paris. They are goddamn everywhere. Oh. Yeah, it's, okay. it's quite nice. But they are fucking everywhere. She's not lying. Well, I, it's such an awkward scene. Like when they're finally there, sitting down because I guess they're his friends are fucking with them, and and there's a, a note on a uh, like a napkin or something, and then like eventually like condoms come out of his shirt pocket, yeah. and he says it's chewing gum in America, and he puts puts a condom in his mouth as it's chewing gum and she's like blow a bubble and so he's got this like <laughs> condom coming out of his mouth <laughs> it's so fucking weird and then it i actually thought the cgi of the condom bubble like the balloon going through the air as he let it go and it lands in a, a guy's soup i thought that would actually look pretty good i believed it 
It's the um, most realistic thing in the movie. And the fact that that guy is eating his soup and has to pull a condom out, and the waiter just brings it over on a spoon and says, I think this is yours. <laughs> <laughs> Which means he saw that that whole thing go down, at uh-huh. least as, you know, somewhat, I guess. But, uh-huh. oh, man, so fucking weird. That's the kind of humor <laughs> you get in this movie, yeah. Yeah. Not only that, but later oh, in the movie when we see uh, Seraphine... Is that right? I think it's Seraphine. Seraphine. Yeah. Seraphine. Um, whenever we yeah. see her transform, she does like rip open her like top and you do see her boobs, but they're like mid transformation. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then as it like goes down her body to show the elongation, <laughs> you see yes. the other sets of nipples yes. down her body. I was like, what the fuck? Like that was an art direction. Like oh, somebody, yeah. it was not there originally, but then some uh, art director was like, no, we need additional nipples. We need six more nipples on her. So I need you to do it. We've got we've got one week. (laughs) I love it because it I mean, technically, she should have those as a female werewolf, I guess. But it's very jarring to see. It's like human boobs with Mm -hmm. hair on them at first. And then as they go down, it's like they're just the nipples. Uh, And it's very weird to think of like I it is a shame. I think you're right. I think that they added those after the fact or later on during production. Uh, But it's a shame that we didn't get to see those grow out just along her abdomen. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Um, And, well, I mean, let's talk about the the wolves in this one. So primarily, they are CGI. There are a few, like, practical shots of Mm. um, wolf puppets or whatever. Um, Yeah. But, man, it just, it looks, well, to quote a wolf, rough. Yeah. they, they don't look great. Like, it's it's definitely early CGI, and, uh, man, it's um, it's it's really hard to, like, watch the, the scenes with these, these... Like, I was so perplexed as to why they didn't just use, like, some type of costume or something, primarily. Uh, maybe, maybe CGI here and there, if you want to show it running, it still wouldn't look great, but at least you wouldn't, like, have as much focus yeah. on it. But... Wow, we've really come a long way. (laughs) I think this is the the effect of a post-Jurassic World, Jurassic World, a post-Jurassic Park world. Um, Mm. We we are all living in Jurassic World now. And Groot. We are all Groot. (laughs) We are all living in Jurassic World. Uh, It's, I feel like that did so well. They looked so good that a lot of movies were like, oh, CGI, like, let's just do everything. And it's like, for one, Jurassic Park wasn't even all CGI. You just don't pay attention, like, to what they really did with that. And like you said, they did a few, like, practical things in this, but it's more for, like, close-ups, it felt, you know? Um, But, yeah, they just, like, went whole in on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, the best I can say for that is I I don't really remember it being that jarring in 97 when I saw it. So now, looking back, it looks awful, but... Uh, again, another person on Reddit that I saw had said, I don't, I don't know what it is, but something in my brain, when you see in the first time and you, you, you can, ex- if you can accept like, Oh, this is how, this is the best they're going to be in this movie. This mm-hmm. is how they look. Something about my brain too. Like I was able just to shut that off and just be like, all right, cool. Like mm-hmm. I, I still was able to sell the effect in my head a little bit for the story and just be like, mm-hmm. yeah, they don't look good. They definitely don't look real. Uh, but I'll go with it, you know. Um, and they still they still have some of the gore in this movie that they did in the first one. That mm-hmm. they uh, they're still ferocious and it's pretty pretty gross in some parts. So that kind of stuff sells a little bit. But yeah, they are not good. <laughs> well, like in the first movie, you mentioned that it, they don't look like actual uh, wolves. Um, yeah, they definitely don't look like wolves in this one either. They look like 
giant hamsters. Um, <laughs> so it's just like bizarre. I bought it a little bit because they look more like elongated, like like his body does in the first mm-hmm. one when they showed on the floor. Um, I thought it was gonna be more like that, and then and you see a little bit of that in the first one, but some of it's just like his. I think it's just his, his upper body is so bulky in that that whatever that suit or whatever mm-hmm. in the first one. And this one though, they I felt like they they I, I, this word I'm not sure if I'm using it right. Lang, it's like languid. It's like they're like elongated, elongated like um, like skinny bodies or whatever. But they they feel like somewhat wolfy to me. I, I can get behind the hamster thing a little bit too, but um, some yeah. of the shots I was I was I was sold on it. So okay, all right. I, I did like the shot where um, it was like the the two cops in the uh, in the tunnel underground, and like his flashlight stops working, so they. Uh, smack on it a little bit oh, and yeah. in the background you see like like oh, yeah. as the light turns on you see the 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 wolf back there yeah just all in his yeah. wolf pose and then it like shuts on and off like i thought that was pretty well done and that was like a, a decent use of of cgi because it's just like yeah. quick shots here and there they did and that then and then the, the strobe lights later on so, uh, same kind of thing and the club they had strobe lights on so you can't like you don't get to see all of the there's a part where I think it's when he's first they're all in the club and they're about to be attacked and Seraphine comes and gets him to like take him through that tunnel mm-hmm. and all the guys are like ugh, ugh, like chanting and stuff together and they start turning the there's like something that's turned off and like it's just strobe lights for a while so like you don't have to see all the bad CGI like they use like oh, that flashlight yeah. in the same way to be like give you a little bit at a time so that you don't get to see how bad it really is yeah uh, but it makes for an effective effect because of Mm. that so that's true um and uh you know as you mentioned earlier julie bowen is in this yes i too have a crush on her you know my wife and i we enjoy modern family and uh a a lot of uh people talk about sophia vergara in uh, in the show being being hot Mm -hmm. which is it's fine i I get it but for me i'm i'm a julie bowen guy you know yep i don't like to brag but uh I too married a, a white blonde. <laughs> that's right. So maybe that's 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 the connection there. But um, I remember man, I, it, I filmed your wedding. You you did say uh, I take you, Julie Bowen. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean Brandy. Uh, yeah. But I, I was able to cut it out, which is nice. But uh, yeah, you were basically trying to fill in for her. Well, you did walk walk in, and you're like, okay, wait, cut. Uh, we're gonna take it again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's back up uh, thirty seconds on your cues. Can we get a uh, wolf in here? Yeah. Not no any time. <laughs> All right, just fuck it. We'll put it in post. Yeah. We'll do the 97 yeah. version. Yeah. It, you know, like you said, you edited it well. Um, the weird thing is that uh, you were there for the, 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 the honeymoon as well. Well, I wanted to have that porno scene in there. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. I, I directed you to, to sit topless and take that phone call? Yeah. That was an homage. Like, yeah. I said, uh, you've got the wrong number. And yeah. I just hung up the phone and just stared into the camera for eight minutes. And then I walk in and say, why are you sleeping with my wife? And you're like, this is my wife. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. Cut. Got that. <laughs> yeah. And it just ends abruptly. Yeah. <laughs> ball ball to <laughs> You're just saying that. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, should we I'm have just, get out? I'm, I'm just tossing my balls. I'm just <laughs> saying ball with a ball to ball to bang bang. <laughs> And then Kid Rock made that song. <laughs> Interesting. He stole it from me that, in that's your true. wedding video. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That son of a bitch. Years before we fought, we shot that, but whatever. Time travel. Yeah, yeah obviously. Absolutely. We get it. We get it. Um, but yeah, Julie Bowen. Um, she. <gasps> I remember back in the day she was in uh, Happy Gilmore. Oh yeah. Yeah, she shows up in that, and then uh, she's in lingerie like, in that. And then I like saw it on TV, and I was like, wow, she looks like so much younger. Mm-hmm. But it's not like she looks bad now. It's just like I didn't expect there to be that much of a 
uh, of a difference. Yeah. But uh, then she shows up in this, and she looks oh, young still. And man, she's, she's wearing a skirt and like a crop top that's like tied. Oh, yeah. Holy shit! I like when I saw her come on screen. I was like, oh my god, yes! Like I have so many vivid memories of this of her. Like I had such a crush on her from this movie. I didn't realize that's where it started. Um, she was also in the show um, called Ed. Uh, years ago, you ever seen that okay. before? Um, I, I know what you're talking about. I, I've okay. never watched it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, I really liked it a lot. Um, it stars Tom Cavanaugh. Um, he he's like a he was like a lawyer, a high powered lawyer, or whatever. And he, he goes back to his hometown and he buys a bowling alley. Um, has Justin Long and Michael Ian Black in it. Had a lot of people and Julie Bowen's in it. And uh, that's another reason I, I watched that show was because of her. And I think I found her because of this movie. I'm pretty sure of it. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, she's working, man. Ooh yeah. She's a working. Lady. Is it worth it? Let her work it. <laughs> but I think that flew over. Okay. Um, so the the scene where they're like eating in the restaurant, like Julie Bowen and yes. Thomas Everett Scott, it's just gross, man. Oh, There's yeah. like slurping and shit. He's, nah. He fucking cracks a bone open and slurps the marrow out. Oh my god. It's awesome. Get that shit out of there. Yeah. Get that shit out of there. Oh, There's more it. like awkward kissing between them <laughs> at, when they're at like Jim Morrison's Ooh. grave or whatever. When he first she walks in, he's like fucking eating steak with with his hands. He's mm-hmm. he has steak mouth. From his nose down to his chin, yeah. he sniffs around the room, up her skirt, and then okay. she is like, what the fuck? Oh, okay, I like this guy. American? Not, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. That's how we do. <laughs> oh, he's eating steak with his hands? Yeah, we do that in America. Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> I will fuck that guy. He smells like steak. <laughs> it was so gross because it like did a close-up of her, and she was like, oh, yeah, and it did a close-up of him, and it's just like glistening steak juices on his like remnants. Ugh. I didn't really like any of it. Me. That was the grossest thing in the movie. Oh, well, when they were like on the Jim Morrison's grave making out and then he like goes in like tongue first. Oh, yeah. Like, no. Why? <laughs> that is, no, that does not happen in real life. Like if, if we're going to extend the like sensationalism to one mm-hmm. thing, let's just stick with werewolves. OK, yeah. let's stick with that. We don't need like this weird like tongue dart type of kissing style. <laughs> don't do that. It's disgusting. Well, get out of there. The whole grave sex scene was very strange. Um. Uh, I, he also he gets really hot, um, and she notices that, and uh, they're they're like hardcore into it and stuff. And I was like, oh man, he he's definitely inside her, and she's warming <laughs> up from the inside out. Uh, yeah. But then he runs away in boxers, so I don't know that it really progressed that far. But I, I do love that he goes and just jumps to a fountain, and it's just like. That, that was the thing that, that we didn't <laughs> understand. Um, like why why did he get so boiling lava hot? Like, why was he? Yeah, they uh, they do do that in the first one in the apartment. He rips off his clothes and he keeps saying, like, I'm 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 burning up or whatever. So the only thing I think of is it's like uh, just the body's transformation. It just creates a lot of energy and heat or whatever, I guess. Um, But yeah, I I remember seeing the first one and then I was like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Or like, I don't need that as like a part of it, I guess. Just like have him transform. But then in this one, I was like, oh, <laughs> they took it to its logical conclusion that he has to jump in a vat of water, you know, so yeah. he can sizz afterwards, basically. And uh, Did you say sniz? Yeah. He's got to okay. jump in that schniz. <laughs> got to get out the sniz so he can get that sizz. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Um, so uh, I, I didn't like the, the following scene where um, the inspector is there and he's mm-hmm. there with his dog. The dog dies. Um, oh, you don't yeah. see it happen. But like you mentioned earlier, he yeah. picks up the, the like one of the uh, investigators picks up the dog. It's just entirely like cartoonishly <laughs> flat. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because he fucked it. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> Amanda was very upset by that. She was. Yeah. It showed the dog on the ground, like dead, and she's mm-hmm. like, "Oh man, I didn't need to see that." And that was one of like conservatively eight shots of that dog. Um, like the rest of that scene plays out fully. Like they they want to make sure the dog is in frame the entire time, mm-hmm. um, as like Tom Eric Scott is getting up, like and getting arrested, and then the, and then the guy picks it up by the tail. And it's like, look at this, right in the screen and everything. It's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Amanda was very upset by that. Yeah, I didn't really need that much. Yeah, the dog, poor dog was dog. like, its body was turning as it was sitting in air like it was an air freshener in a car. <laughs> it was... And it does it not was, smell good like it, an air freshener no, in a no. car. Opposite effect, <laughs> yeah. believe it or not. Um, but uh, as we were watching it, when my wife got to that part, she covered her eyes and she was like, does Steven like this movie? Oh. Why would he make me watch this? <laughs> and I was just like, I don't know if he likes this or not, but uh, don't look yet. Oh, do not do look not, yet yeah. at all. Yeah. So keep that out. Yeah. Well, but, listen, uh, uh, I do like this movie, but I don't like that scene. You can tell her that now. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. So as I, uh, as I was watching this movie, there were some like weird dialogue choices. And I was like, is it, is this entire movie shot off of a first draft? There was like nobody to like punch <laughs> up anything. Cause it's just like certain points. It's just things are phrased awkwardly. Like somebody would go back and there's like, Oh, they meant, meant this. He's like, uh, when he's in the, uh, the coroner's like, uh, lair there, mm-hmm. he's like banging his head against the thing. He's like, I'm going out of my freaking skull. It's like, eh, think of me mind. Oh, I never said too. You know, yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's weird. He said skull. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's how um, I felt about a lot of things said in this movie. It's, just like, it, it's in that one, too. Like, uh, he's in the morgue, and the way he gets out makes no sense. He gets inside one of the drawers and closes it, and then they all walk in like, oh, where'd he go? And then it just, I think it's that one, right? And then it cuts to him on the street, and he's just, like, gone. He's, like, out of there or whatever. Um, and I, I was like, is there a tunnel? Inside that <laughs> thing that he was able to get out, a la of like national treasure, right? It was mm-hmm. like a secret way out through one of those drawers. Or did they really not check any drawers to be like, did he just get inside a cabinet? And that's why we, he's not here anymore. And they just like mm-hmm. left and he was able to walk out later. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just kind of like blew past that as well. Again, first draft. They were like, we saw him come down the air. He's got to yeah. be in one of these drawers. Hold up. Do not check them. He would be here. <laughs> We will not be indecent and open up these dead people. <laughs> there are dead bodies in there. You don't want to see that. Uh, that yeah. one has a dead dog. We've already seen enough of that one. Don't open mm-hmm. that up either. Uh, he's, it's fine. He's probably not here. Sir, I've got the dog's last words. It was Le Wolf. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. He was calling. He was trying to tell him. He was trying to tell him. Trying yeah. to tell him. They dogs have their own listen. language, you know? Yep. So, uh, unfortunately, we do have to uh, cut this short a little bit and, and leave pretty soon, but uh, definitely want to get You've into You've got to open your things. store. Got to. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you mentioned a little earlier, um, part of the plot line of this movie is that um, Seraphine's stepdad, I think is what she called him, uh, mm-hmm. was trying, he's a doctor, he's trying to rid her of this disease, for lack of a better term, uh, of the werewolfism, yeah. um, and he gives her a serum to get rid of it and accidentally uh, transforms her immediately and she kills him. So she's trying to kind of get through it after that. But that leads into a plot line where, where Claude, I think is his name, uh, Pierre Cusso plays uh, Claude, mm-hmm. who I don't really understand their relationship. I don't know how she knows him. Uh, a bro- brother, cousin, friend, family friend, I don't know. But mm-hmm. he and his friends are the, the werewolves that are, are trying to get everybody in the clubs and, and kill everybody in Paris or whatever. But um, they are able to take this, steal this, so that they can turn at any time. And uh, it really just becomes 
I mean, it's, it's an okay plot point, I guess, but compared to the first one, they really just go bonkers out there with the story. <laughs> with this yeah. one right like it was so simple yeah. in the first one it's just what it, do you do when you turn into a werewolf you know you know it kind of reminds me of Blade that first Blade movie when yes. they have all the people in the club you know yes. um, and that part I was like oh, okay I can see what they're they're going for here anyway um, even though this predates Blade I, yeah. you know it makes sense to me Blade is a, a rip off of this yeah that is true it, it, it is weird that they specifically target Americans yeah it's like well hmm. come on I mean I mean, I get in, it. In, in Paris, there's going to be a whole, like, selection of tourists, right? It's not just That's Americans true. that go over there. So, <laughs> you know, why, why single us out? You know? um, it's in the title. They had to. They read okay. that, and they were like, oh, it's in the title. We have only mm -hmm. Americans then. Sacre bleu! Um, I mean, American. <laughs> the other American they meet, um, the long-haired dude in the club at first, uh, <laughs> does seem pretty douchey. So, you know, yeah. I get it. I get it. You mean the one who pops out of the, the yes. drawer uh, as a ghost? <laughs> like, hey, I'm trying to sleep over here. <laughs> Sucks back in. The, the attempt at humor is at least there um, in this movie, <laughs> trying to match the first one. Uh, yeah. I don't think the, the, any of the love of this movie that I have, and I wouldn't say it's love, any of the, the like I have of this movie is uh, not in the humor for sure. It's, it's all in the nostalgia, but uh, mm. yeah, they don't do such a great job with that, so... Well, they, they do address the uh, the bungee jumping thing at the end because um, they now are jumping out of a different super tall thing, uh, which is the Statue of Liberty. So, and she's holding out that torch, you know. Oh, um, so right. nothing to, to slam their faces into this time. Um, but I did I did note the end of this movie is stupid. Yep. And this movie sucks. <laughs> this yeah. has been a Brent Hibbert review. When that okay, so the first one ends really abruptly, and then this yeah. one ends so idiotically. Like you really didn't need either of these bookends to the movie, basically, right? Like the bungee jumping yeah. story does not like it doesn't even play out. Like he has some bandages on his head after that. They have this whole thing about the shoe that he took off, and they're trying to find. Oh, mm -hmm. he has a note or whatever. They're trying to find the note that she had or something like that. Yeah. His friends have to scour all the trash cans around the Eiffel Tower for or whatever, which is dumb or two whatever like i just feel like yeah you, again first draft you could have written it better but uh the fact that they were like oh bungee jumping is super in right now let's do it in the beginning of the movie in paris you know what let's end the movie like that too like yeah. it's just so goofy oh dude you fucking did it you connected the dots breaking it full circle yeah cinema at its finest you might say yeah absolutely and, and then ted was like uh, you want to punch out the rest of the script? Or what? <laughs> no, you're doing it! Because <laughs> there's oh, a thing man. about, like, he's going out of my skull. Like, it, it's, it's the oh, problem. Change it doesn't matter! <laughs> You've solved the problem! <laughs> Once people see those bungee jumping scenes, no one will remember the rest of the movie at all. That's right, yeah. Oh, man, yeah. Well, They're just going to be pouring Mountain Dew on their faces <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> I, uh, I can't argue with uh, your review, I can say. Um, this movie does suck. I, I fully admit it. Um, I, I only like this movie because of, uh, I grew up with it, and there was still... Uh, I, I really, really did have a good time watching it the other day. It mm. is definitely not one that I'm, I'm going to throw back in rotation. If I watch London... Uh, in the future, which I will, you know, um, at some point, um, it's not going to be like, oh, I got to watch the second one too. Like <laughs> right. that one's the movie that I'll watch. This one is, yeah. was a fun trip down memory lane for Amanda sure. and I one time. 
Um, one time. One time. But I, I don't know that I need it any more than that. So, mm-hmm. uh, But I, I did thoroughly enjoy myself. We were fucking cracking up at the horribleness of it, mm-hmm. um, the goofiness, all that stuff. Um, and then I loved the, the people in it. Yeah. I loved Julie yeah. Bowen showing up. Uh, I, I love Julie Delpy. Um, and then Tom oh. Robert Scott. So. The two Julies. The two Julies, yeah. So. There you go. Um, like I said earlier, the uh, the Bush's mouth remix was yeah. such a massive hit that, helps, um, yeah. that I'm so shocked that it was used to promote this movie. Like oh, it's yeah. just it's but so think weird. About that era, that time, man. It, it make, like mouth, werewolf mouths. It makes mm-hmm. sense. It fits, man. Yeah. I, I connect them together. <laughs> Can you fit it? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so yeah, uh, what did Brandy think of? It? Did she end up staying? Awake for this she, one? She, she was awake for this one. Oh, uh, yeah, bless so her heart. It's kind of a backward, backwards effect. But um, Had she seen it? No, she hadn't Ever? seen it okay. either. Cool. No. I thought, see, this one, to me, I, I thought maybe she would have seen this in the 90s for some reason, so. Yeah, it, it kind of fit with, like, that era of, like, you know, Clueless and that mm. type of um, movie targeted at young at like tweens or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know what this movie was. I guess it was rated R since there were yeah, several yeah. wolf nipples in it. Um, <laughs> rated R for wolf nipples. <laughs> yeah. Title? Is that the title? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's... That's, uh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. I, I, it's so funny you brought up Clueless. There's one thing you reminded me of. Uh, Amanda and I were talking about is uh, whatever happened to Tom Everett Scott. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I think he's doing a TV show right now. Um, he was in La La Land briefly in the end. Um, mm-hmm. But I was like, yeah, he didn't really hit it big. And I was like, you know what? I, I think that he is too similar to Paul Rudd. And they were both coming yeah. up in the mid to late 90s. Paul mm-hmm. Rudd did Clueless, right? Um, and I was like, he's just like, he's like America's sweetheart. And I think, like, if you're – like, Tom Everett Scott, I really love. But, like, if you're both, like, amiable – um, white guys with like kind of curly hair and you know like friendly and stuff like they were going for the same roles I bet you know yeah. uh, a lot of times and uh, and Paul Rudd won out so I, I did not care for a lot of the acting choices in this movie mm-hmm. but I do like Thomas Everett Scott as an actor because he's great in that thing you do yeah and he's in uh, man I've seen him on like various TV shows or whatever and he, he can act um, you don't know that from this movie. Yeah, uh, I give you that. But <laughs> <laughs> He's got this goofy charm, like this, this like, aw shucks mentality, this, like, smile or whatever that kind of works mm-hmm. for that. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that thing you do, really, I just love that movie so much. So that's yeah. really, I, and I love him in that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I can give it to you for that. I don't think, I don't think much mm-hmm. of the acting in this was, was on par. Uh, someone had mm-hmm. mentioned Ju- Julie Delpy was, was like, yeah, well, she needs to make money between her before series, you know, that she's doing whatever, like before Sunrise and Sunset and all that. Um, and I'm like, I don't, it's such an interesting choice that she did this after that movie, which is wildly different. Um, mm-hmm. and she's very good in that, that series and stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm banking on this as just a paycheck for her. And she's like, well, I'm a French actress that people know in the nineties. Uh, this is Sam <laughs> Harris. I get the role, you know? Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Do you think the enough. difference between Thomas Everett Scott's performance in this movie and then in that thing you do is like when he shit his pants on the set of that thing you do that really like sold it like that was an early scene and they were like oh he can do it just do more of that it's like uh all right (laughs) right, yeah this is really gonna get my acting career really good that was that was actually ethan embry though on the set of of that thing you do who had uh, shit his pants yeah which which one is that he is the bassist ethan embry you know that is oh okay he's um he's i know who you're talking about 
Yeah, he's, he, a, he's, he's the one that like leaves now. the band toward yeah. the toward the end. Yeah, he yeah. leaves the band. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I've always loved Ethan Embry. He's in Empire Records and um, Can't Hardly Wait, stuff like that. But yeah, he's the he's the bassist. Nope. Oh. You, yeah. Okay. You're like all blanking right. on all this. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just never knew his name. I thought I thought <laughs> Ethan Embry was Thomas Everett Scott for some reason. I was like <laughs> caught on the E. So this entire time, like since I told that story, you're like, yeah, that the drummer shit his pants. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Fun. But yes, could be he might have learned that from Ethan Embry, but then didn't learn it enough to take it onto the set of this one, and that's maybe why his acting stinks instead of his butt. Back to you, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that was good. That's I, good. Let's go out on a yeah, brown note. Um, so <laughs> you can contact us. Uh, by emailing us at let's talk about stuff podcast at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter and instagram at ltaspod you can follow steven on letterboxd and twitter at stevenfisher22 follow me my damn self on twitter and instagram at brent hibbard and then follow the one true carl um may no one ever sully mm. his bathroom stall graffiti ever yeah, again that's right at arvel johnson Stephen, do you have anything else that you need to mention about either of these movies? No, I think uh, I think we've said enough. I am kind of curious if anybody, uh, any of our listeners, has any thoughts of these as well. I'd be very curious. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think one is a, is a cinematic masterpiece, who uh, which shaped the future of comedy horror movies in its wake, mm-hmm. and the other one has bungee jumping in it. <laughs> so pick your poison. I thought you were going to say, and the other one was set in London. You know? Yeah, yeah. I was almost going to do that, but I was like, yeah. I can't even jokingly <laughs> say that that movie's any like the cinematic masterpiece. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. pretty bad. Okay, it's pretty bad. Well, awesome. So until next time, I'm taking a drink. drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Stephen. I'm Brent. And let's talk later. Ow. Broken me Like it, I was laughing yeah. so hard I couldn't quite get it, but I, I thought that was a perfect cap to the end of that. Yeah, fantastic. Capsk. All right, ready? Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah, stop it. <laughs> suggestion let mm. us sink with a simple wolf howl on three and this is this will be interesting you know there's all <laughs> kinds of different howls out there so. i know yeah you can choose whatever yeah. you want okay let your inner wolf out <clears throat> all right oh yeah yep okay you count us down uh,
I'm, I'm officially an old man. <laughs> <laughs> That's me before the show. <laughs> I was laughing while taking a drink, and uh, I figured my body figured out, hey, that's not, that's not how uh, <laughs> that's not water is, is drunk. Yeah, not, mm, that's problematic. All right, starting out with a bang. All right, so Howl Like a Wolf on three. One, two, three. Oh! oh. Key crisp. <laughs> I was so focused on mine in the beginning, I didn't actually, did you start with a, just a, a regular ow? Did you start with a cook? No, no, I started with an owl. I didn't yeah. even notice, yeah. And I was like, man, I gotta drag this out. Yeah. Uh, just so it's like somewhat humorous. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, there's a cereal. Okay. It all comes yeah, back I'll to cereal that. for me. Hey, cookie crisp is the shit. Oh, hell yeah. Eating cookies, cookies for, for breakfast. breakfast. Bam. Mm. <laughs> but this is sponsored <clears throat> content, right? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Cookie crisp is a big sponsor of this podcast. They really Absolutely. like our um, sexual jokes, I think. Like I think jokes. so. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think so. That's that's, that's what, what really <laughs> sells them. Yeah. yeah, on us. They're trying to get into that tween market, and they figure that's the way. And the tween heart is is, our, is through our show, basically. Yeah, we're yeah. a big tween staple. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think it's ironic they're listening to it. Ironically, Don't you think? but. <laughs> I listened to that the other day, actually, on my 90s playlist on Spotify. Uh-huh. And every time I listen to it now, I always think of, like, uh, people being like, no, that's not ironic. Like, all these different things in her song. No, that's not. Uh-huh. No, that's not how that works. No, you're like, you're using it wrong. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's okay. Yeah. Now we all know the use of the word because of that song, whether it's right or wrong. <laughs> Crack open some sniz. <laughs> Oh,